to Saturday Boarding Squadron, literally recording on a Saturday morning for us. I am your host, Ramses, and I am not alone here. I have my Duke to my Flint, Rob. Oh, Rob! Hello. What's up? And joining us today, are, we have two very, very special guests here. We have my, my shipwreck to my Flint, Jared, a.k.a. Jay, a.k.a. Jared the Greek. I'm first time on the show, feeling really excited. This is awesome. And 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 joining us all the way from the other side of the other side of the world, we have my my action my action man to our G.I. Joe's, we have our friend Aaron. Solo Jones eighty five. Yep. Yeah, so sorry for that. I had to uh if we're going the action force route, full force. <laughs> yep. That works. So I decided I like per, I decided to bring everybody here together because like you guys wanted to do an episode on GI Joe and I figured like what what is the most patriotic way to, to do this in typical American fashion we're gonna let we're gonna let all the explosives out a few days after Fourth of July because like that's how that's how America works. <laughs> it does seem that way sometimes. <laughs> so if so in 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 that fashion we're gonna we, we decided hey. We're you know, it's like a bit after Fourth of July. You know, we're we're, we're still in a patriotic mood, and like, hey, GI Joe is still a hot thing because it's the 40th anniversary of the Real American Hero line. Um, and you know, it's been an ongoing thing, and you know, we've all wanted to talk about GI Joe, so um, why not? Why not now? So um, we're gonna. So we're gonna, but we have to go through our process first. We gotta talk about our news. We gotta talk about like what we've been up to this week, and then we'll go on to our main topic. So mm-hmm. here's. And per usual, um, when it comes to like multiple guest stuff, we're gonna try to condense the news as much as we can. As a matter of fact, we are gonna condense the news very, 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 and speed very, for it too. Very, yep. Again, well, not that not that much, but like we're gonna we're we're gonna have to like condense it to to a couple of key points. Yeah, there's a little so, bit of pieces, but yeah, still, yeah, yep. So unfortunately, we have some bad news in. <laughs> We have some bad news to talk about, man. We got some like we have, we're gonna start on some on a morbid, 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 very morbid um on some very morbid notes here for, at first because like like it, it just be it just be not appropriate not to talk about a lot of these issues. So first things first, we need. So we guys want to start off first. You want to start in Hollywood, or you want to go to you want to go to Japan? Let's 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 just do all the bad 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 Hollywood news and all that stuff out of the way first, Ramsey. Just get that all out of the way. All right. Unfortunately, we lost our, we, we lost a couple of actors in the last couple in the last couple of days. Actually, we lost uh, famed actor James Caan. Did uh, also did you know uh, yesterday we lost uh, Paulie from uh, Sopranos as well. I didn't hear about that. Oh, and also uh, Larry Starch as well from from F Troop. I also remember Larry Starch was hilarious in uh, Married of Children as a Kelly Bundy's acting coach. Playing himself, by the way. I also believe didn't Larry come back for the filmation Ghostbusters to play himself or his character when they, the filmation Ghostbusters met their past counterparts? I don't think so. I think they, I think they got stunt acting for for those guys, but I think they were they allowed their. their... I I can't I can't call it. I can't. I don't believe so because I know that show relatively well, so I don't believe so. So just to answer that, uh, we got the formation Ghostbusters, Aaron. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I thought he was one of the, you know, because they had the 1970s filmation Ghostbusters, the, the 1980s, and obviously Larry was famous for the 1970s filmation Ghostbusters, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's he's like he like like we said, he's been known for a little bit 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 roles here and there. He's more he's more he's more known here known for his role on F Troop. And like I said, like we yep. we also lost James Caan as well, prolific actor in, in Hollywood. Yeah. So any thoughts on any on any of these unfortunate um passings? Um we'll start off with um we'll start with our first guest on um, Jared. The thing is, it feels strange to me that, uh, you know, when we I think that comment saying that you know the actors go in like threes and what have you, and you know here we are you know discussing you know multiple passings all at the same time. It it gets kind of weird when those kinds of uh, what's the right word for it like superstitions happen, and this is one of those moments where the superstition is happening. Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron is well. I've got to say, rest in peace to two of the most prolific gangster actors of the last uh, you know twenty thirty years. You know. Well, even longer than that, and of course, uh, Larry Stork. I mean, what a what a great actor, you know. I know him best, obviously, from uh, you know minor roles in like Married with Children, um, Knight Rider, Ghostbusters. But man, mm. shame. And any, any thoughts? Any thoughts on your end, Rob? Uh, no, but I have nothing I can really add to all that. Mm. There's already been said already, so it's like you said, no, I I can't. With it all, it's like rest in peace to those, to those gents. Yeah, same here. It's just like, like I, like, like you know, I, I, I've known, I've known, I've seen their works for all of those times. So it's like, it's, it's, it's sad that, that, that you know, that, that, that this had to happen. But you know, for some, for, for most of these guys, it's like you know, they, they it was like they were oh. like I think what James Conn was eighty two, and I think Larry Storch was uh what eighty eighty six. Yeah. Oh, and one last actor I forgot as I was leaving work as well. I don't know if it was mentioned. Who's that? Lenny Lenny Von Dolan from um, Twin Peaks. Ooh. Is that recent then? I wonder if that's only recently yeah, then. I, che- I, I walked out of work um, sat this morning and it was Lenny Von Dolan and uh, Paulie that I I noticed had died uh, uh, over uh, Facebook. Oh, shit. Huh. Look at that later on or something then. Hmm. Yep. So, yeah, but, with the... Uh, but yeah, it's, it's quite unfortunate that we have to talk about this, and it gets it doesn't get any it doesn't get any better, folks. Yeah. We have to talk yeah. about this. We got more deaths. This is, I think, the bigger the the biggest one that that hit. I think the the geek community in in general. So unfortunately, we got to talk about the unfortunate passing of Kazuchi uh, Takahashi, the creator of Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, yeah. Kazuki Takahashi. Passed, yeah. Hmm. He unfortunately passed away. I think Wednesday. Due to a, yeah, it was uh, only like recently. Yeah, due to a scuba accident. So, um, yeah, he, he was found falling video. off the coast, and it's like diving gear or equipment. And it's like, oh boy, what happened to him? Jeez. Yeah, the, the thing is, hmm? when you come to like you know diving and things like that, there's a lot of ways you can get hurt. You know, if you, if you get caught in an undertow and just get sucked down, I mean, it doesn't matter how good your equipment is, you can still drown. You know, if if some Maniac was going by on their ski do or something like that. They could have, you know, set him up or something. I doubt that would have happened, but there are some really horrible things that can happen to people. I, as a person who has friends, you know, back in high school and, and what have you, who were surfer types, I had stories of them going like, oh man, I got sucked under. I was so sure. And then, you know, 
was able to get like pull himself out at like the last second. Yeah. I had friends who back in high school could have died from drowning just because they were at the beach, they were doing their thing. It was the normal thing, and then boom, nature just decides, nah. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, you know, deaths can happen, and and this is an example of that. But it's it's one of those things where you wouldn't expect that. Uh, I grant I don't know his hobbies, and uh, clearly snorkeling is one of them. But you know, it'd be, it'd be the same thing if it said, "Oh, and he died in a skiing accident," and I'm like, "Oh, wow." That's, well, again, it said it said diving gear or equipment. So either way, so I assumed there was probably you know like possibly breathing stuff from that kind of deal. But I my little side theory was potentially maybe he got uh, some kind of nasis from a. Uh, Compression or decompression from rising or ascending for under or descending rather underwater. So you know, you never know, really, honestly, because that shit can fuck people up. So, so yeah, there's there's things like that. You know, it's not accidents like that can't happen, and it's really a shame when it does. So, like, I mean, all, all morbid talk aside, you know, we got we got you know, I, th- I think we should end. I think we should talk about like the, some of the better things he's, he's left us behind. Of course, he's talking. He created Yu Gi Oh. You know, he he not only did created the, the card game, but he created the manga as well. I think he was still making all the character designs for the current series, even though he wasn't involved with with it. He was still yeah. involved with like creating the designs for like all the main characters and whatnot. He had his own little motif, and he was he was still doing work. You know, he was still he was still producing like stuff like on I, I believe I was, I was following his Instagram for a while, and he was still posting a new new um, art every every like every few days on his Instagram. So. He was he was still doing a lot of doing a lot of stuff. So um, why don't we get started oh. with Aaron? Aaron, do you have any thoughts on on any memories, any fun memories, anything you want to like talk about about the about the, the passing of uh, Mr. Takahashi? Well, to be honest, I, I'm not that much of a Yu-Gi-Oh fan. I, I am aware of his work, and you know, I I am you know aware of how much of an impact he had on the fandom. So you know, that that's all I can really say is. You know, may he rest in peace, and you know, that's it, really. All right, um, Jared, do you have any? Um, do you have any thoughts? It's weird to me because on Saturday I was actually talking with someone because I was at a convention uh, called Anime Expo. You've heard of it, um, and I was talking with one of my friends, and we brought up Yu-Gi-Oh because he was talking about how he had, had been rewatching the series with one of his friends. And you know, we were talking you know, a little bit about the Duelist Island stuff, and then I was talking about, like, yeah, I liked the, the original series. Well, I like the Season Zero series probably the best, just because, like, everyone dies. <laughs> and something about that is just kind of, you know, crazy. It's like, oh, let's play a game. By the way, you die if you lose. And it's like, whoa, it's dark. Um, instead of the, the campy, you know, uh, let's all play a card game to determine the fate of the world stuff. And, uh... I was talking about like, you know, oh, this, he says like, oh, you need to see some of these later seasons. Skip this one and skip this one. Like, go to this one. It actually gets good again. And I'm like, um, okay, whatever. And I was like, okay, well, that's the only Yu-Gi-Oh! related conversation I'm going to have this week or this year. And then it turns out, well, no, it's not. Uh, one thing I will say is he is much as there's two aspects of, of Yu-Gi-Oh! I always liked. One is the card designs are very unique and different. Some of them are, are really silly. Some of them are like dark and gothic. Like the the tone of the cards really changes versus say, if you go to something like magic, the gathering, you're going to have a very consistent art style and tone. You're not going to have some weird, like heart with eyes and wings, you know, versus, you know, a dragon with like three heads. <laughs> like you're not going to have that magic, the gathering so much, but you can have those kind of matchups in Yu-Gi-Oh, which is interesting. Yeah. The other part is the game, at least the original version that like I learned 
It's a really easy pick up and play game. Like once you know the basic rules, you're set. And then the later stuff, I don't know some of the changes and what have you. And I always thought that it was an easier to get into game than say Magic the Gathering, which which you know you got to know your colors and make sure your land matches this and da da da. In Yu-Gi-Oh, it's literally oh, is it be- below? It's four stars or less. You can play that. If it's five stars or higher, you're going to need to sacrifice a card. And if it's up at this point, you need to sacrifice two cards. You know, and and here's how fusion works and what have you. And I Excuse thought, me? oh, this is really easy to learn, and I really like that. I I know they've complicated the game over the years, and I. I sat down with a deck now, I'd probably be completely confused. <laughs> I go, I was, um, uh, but if you pulled out a deck from circa 2002, I should be able to play just as well as a tournament level player. I might not, you know, have the strategies they have, but I could still sit there and summon forth my monsters and battle and what have you. And I, I thought that was good. It was like you made a game that was easy for people to access. And it's really important when you think about game design. More complicated something is, the more exclusionary it is to people, because you have to learn all those little tiny rules. And yeah, so uh, probably not the direction anyone thought it would be going on this, but you know, it's it's kind of someone who designs card games himself. I find it really interesting when I see someone you know find a way to make a very uh, immersive but simple card game that obviously thousands of people around the world have played and love. Yeah, who? Yeah, <laughs> it, became, it became a hit for a reason. I can agree on that. So you know, that's that's fair. That's fair. So, Rob, any thoughts? Ah, <clears throat> uh, Yu-Gi-Oh and all that. Um, oh boy. Um, I admit I only have more of an attachment to the the main series that be. Well, I say the main series, the first main iteration that became popular when four kids originally localized and my kind of deal. Obviously, mm-hmm. since I have no experience with the original previous one, the Toei production one that was done that had, as Jared noted, people who, you know, died and all that deal and all that was a little bit more different than that kind of deal. But as it is, like, you know, it's it's a fun it's a fun series that kind of, you know, did a lot of good with like presenting this whole series and this this world with these cards and sets and themes and traps and everything you could you could do for it. And all that kind of deal, and it made something like another big phenomenon, like Pokemon, in its own right for a time, and it's still going to this day, practically. So you know, this guy definitely carved out a niche before he, before his time came and all that, unfortunately. And that's just what yeah. I'll say on in that regard. I don't really have any of the cards. I I did get back in the day because I just wanted it for myself because it's like it's just kind of cool, and it's just like I decided, you know what, eBay. I'm going to buy an Exodia, the Forbidden One, five card for the set, just for the heck of it. Because it's awesome. One hit KO card, but you know. Anyway, that's me. Um, as for me, it's like, you know, that's someone that I think I'm the only guy that's been playing the game more consistently because I've been playing um, Master, Master Link, on, you know, on everything. And it's a good way to, if you haven't played, if you haven't played Yu Gi Oh! in a while, or you just want to, or you haven't, or you want to play Yu Gi Oh! again without, like, stuck, without, like, dumping too much money. That's an incredible way to play the game because it is pretty much like more, it is pretty much like the more accurate rule set of the of the current of the current game. And I know you're saying, Jared, that you're that you're like, oh, you know, you know, so many rules have changed and stuff like that. Believe it or not, it really hasn't. <laughs> it really hasn't. I'm still running a I I'm I kid you not. I'm still running a blue eyes white dragon deck, and it, it's still the meta of 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 like 1998. All right. I was told about like oh there's these new types of fusions and new types of other things in there. 
like, okay, well, that, that overcomplicates things, because then when I have to plan out a strategy, I now have to consider you know, a bunch of alternate ways someone can well, get something overpowered onto the stage and, and just wreck my day. Well, it's more along the lines of, like, they have to play by... It's more like they have to play by a different type, type of tempo, and you can play, uh, like, what, basically... If you want to brute force it and play like how it was in 1998, you're more than welcome to. Right. That's, Good that's, that's, so it's like, you know, like, you, I know you're saying that's, like, oh, it's over complicated. No, because like, I played, I played a deck that like literally is like, like what I would like to call a rushdown deck. And mm -hmm. just like, just me just, just going at it with like a blue eyes white dragon. Just, just get it as quickly as possible and just wreck everybody's day. And even, even, and like, that's it still works. But in terms of... Like, I understand things are not as complicated as, like, commander decks and yeah. uh, the multicolors and stuff like that uh, that Magic has gone into, which makes you just go, like, okay, you do you, Magic. <laughs> but uh, I just knew that there were new aspects to the game and new rules and new you know types of traps and what have you that if I don't know them, I could get just destroyed really fast. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they've done anything extremely different of the rules, other than mm -hmm. I still need to get my motorbike tuned up before I can continue playing again. But other than that, I, I think I should be good. Everybody's at school again, so... Ugh. GX is the worst season. I hate it. Everyone who likes it, including my ex, is wrong. And it is terrible and intrinsically bad in every way, form, and fashion. Anyways, um, but going back to it, going back to... Beyond that, I have no opinions on GX. But going back to but going back to uh, something you something you said, Jerry, is that um, that the guy had a lot of unique styles to what he was doing. Like the guy, like 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 you see a lot of like it's a lot of like straight like straight like you know like you know a lot of like um, it's like a, a lot of like straight geom like straight straight geometry. It's like everybody's like like a square stuff like that. Everybody's like a straight line, and then you get weird stuff like the like like you get like the tuned versions of all those same ones. Like. Ugh. So the guy knows how to, like, they manipulate. The fact that it's a world where you get these, like, cool-looking, like, goblin demon monsters, and then Karibo. <laughs> You're like, yeah. wait, what? Yeah, so it's, he has a really unique style, and you can tell it's, like, it, it's a really deceiving, it's a deceiving-looking style. And, like, it's, like, he's going back to that early, like, the earlier year zero, like, when you when the Yugi, the Pharaoh King, was still, like, the, the, the saw killer, and be like, ha-ha, if you do this, I will kill you. And it's just like, and like reading, I remember reading that stuff, and I was like really, I was really, really, really into that. Because I, I had for a while subscription to Shonen Jump, the, the, um, the manga, but when it was still like in, when it was still in published form, and like I got to read a lot of those early stuff, and it's just like wow, this is actually way better than the than that and the actual series. And you know, for reasons for other podcasting reasons, I did pick up the new subscription service because there's a certain series there that's trends that. It's involved with. You can promote your own show on your show. You do realize that. Nothing wrong with you promoting your own show on your show. All right, fine. I, 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 for Saint Seiya Cosmocast reasons, I've been. I have the subscription because that's the Saint Seiya is on the is on the app now. And like, fuck it, it's two dollars a month. It's, so like, it, and then the and like, yeah, and and one of the big things is that like they have all the Yu-Gi-Oh stuff that's still ongoing still. As well, that's not that's not made by the creator himself. But it's like it's still ongoing by like other people. So like I might give it a shot, you know, just just to, just to give it a, just because like just because like, like I'm because like, other than other than reading Saint Seiya, I'm also reading um, Spy Family and just well, Spy Family is fine, but it's like I don't want to commit myself. I kind of want to commit myself to something else. I think that was a good time to commit myself to Yu-Gi-Oh for a little bit. So. I mean, with all that said, you know, it's, it's very tragic. It's like, you know, like as someone that's been playing the game, that just started getting into the game not too long ago and also seeing a lot of the stuff that's going on. It's just, um, 
it, it's sad, and I keep forgetting. It's like, in some ways, a lot of people it, it touched a lot of people's lives, and it's it's really tragic, you know. It, I think I think I think like you know, it's sad. It's sad to see when a creator or a creator or something so prolific has passed away, especially when something as prolific as as Yu Gi Oh is. So yeah. yeah, rest in peace, and you know, hopefully, you know, and hopefully the legacy will continue with like whoever's continuing. Konami knows how to like. There's one thing at least Konami knows how to handle this stuff with Yu-Gi-Oh. When in terms of like how they how they how they've been handling like stuff like you know the game and stuff like that, yeah. about distribution and stuff like that. I heard some horrible things about distribution, but in terms of like the game and stuff like that, they're they're pretty good at that. So I, I trust them. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that one as well. Yeah. Well, at least the older ones I played on like the GBA and stuff like that. Well, like I said, also like, I'm talking about that, the game itself, as in like the actual like the actual card game. The card game itself, yes, they've done a good job for a long time. But they also were the publishers of the video games as well. Yeah, and they're currently doing that. Like I said, they're doing. If you if you want to go back to it, there's Master Links. That's an incredible game to play. It's a free to play game. It's like it's pretty much gives you the basics, and it's not. It doesn't really bog you down that much at all. Like I I play it from time to time because it's like yeah, it's a good time killer. And like I said, it's using it's using the current rule sets and whatnot. And like I said, the the, the I'm pretty sure that the I don't know if it's, I don't know how readily available that the, the anime is. But I'm pretty sure it's like a villain. I think it's streaming somewhere because my friend, like I said, is rewatching it. That's a good question. There was a point in time though I noticed over here there was a bunch of sets for like the first, uh, you know, the first uh, re- dub anime one, the four kids one again at one point. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they kept on going past that point into like GX and all this other stuff after that. I don't know how far that went, honestly. So that's probably a whole different deal anyway in the US. I, don't, I have no clue anyway. So. And yeah, I, and I'm pretty yeah, yeah. And it's like you know, like different licensing agreements or whatnot. Because I do believe some of the, some of the some of the series is, is available on Amazon. So if, like, if you got an Amazon, if you got Amazon Prime, you'll give give it a shot. And then, like I said, like it's on the Shonen Jump app. It's all right there. So if you want to give it, if you want, if it's something up your alley, especially if you want to see something that's different from the, the main Yu Gi Oh thing, main Yu Gi Oh stuff that you're used to, but it's like you know, card game, card game for like the fate of the fate, fate of the galaxy itself, then. But by all means, check out the check out the manga as well. So, and it's, it's, so it's like it's at your fingertips, and I do appreciate that they're, that they're doing that. that you know, there's a lot of stuff on that Viz app anyway. Actually, honestly, so there's a lot of stuff on that thing. Alrighty, so let's you know let's talk, let's, let's talk about some happier news. I think we need we need to talk about some happier news. What have you got? What do you got, Ramsey? What's what's up on the uh, docket? Uh, the. Have you, you got video game stuff? Have you got video game stuff? Have you got Transformers? What? What's what? What's your pick? What's it, what do you want to go with? All right, fine. Let's talk Transformers because we got some, we got some Transformers stuff there. If you want to see, if you want to see you guys, there, there's a there's a there's a news to discuss um tab right there. You guys yep. can see, mm-hmm. so you guys can see like some of the stuff I'm really talking about. Yeah, here. just scroll up and so down there. About, so why don't we talk about? The, why don't we talk about some some weird things? Why don't, why don't we get weird? Why don't we get? Why don't we get crazy? Here? Um, so like, we'll get nuts. We'll get nuts. Exactly. So let's let's talk about let's talk about something from um from from the from the exclusive side of things. Um, um here in the United States, at least, um, Target is going to be re re reissuing the Street Fighter Two um, um Transformers sets. If you haven't seen those, they, they came out like what like five years ago, and it's like and they're using a lot of tie-ins with trans figures for the for the most part. And they also announced a uh, a new uh, a new combiner, which is I I think they call them Dumptor. 
which is uh, there, which is gonna be like an all yellow version of Devastator, with that stacked out for Tonka. Yeah, basically Tonka Library or whatever you would call it. Yeah, even yeah. though that's not the first time Devastator's been in yellow, because technically, isn't the G two line also a yellow version of the Devastator kind of? And also pre, yeah. and also pre G one also in in on um, Diaclone, he was yellow as well. I thought in Diaclone he was a mix of like yellow and red and blue components, wasn't he, or something? No, it was or- like orange as well. Was, oh, okay, okay. Well, that's yeah. I'm not sure on the Diaclone. I get confused with all the the Diaclone stuff sometimes, but yeah. So sorry, I was just about to say a little bit of history. The first release of the Street Fighter X Transformers line back in 2017 was direct through Takara Tomy Mall in Japan and released to coincide with the Street Fighter's 30th anniversary back in 2017. Which would put it right as the release of Street Fighter V, like at the release of it. Yeah. Now, they, that was the original Japanese release. They've obviously been pushed, and obviously people could get them on import through various vendors back in 2017. They've now been officially released in the United States through the collaborative line to be part of the 35th anniversary in the United States. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know the figures, the figures in question are um, as um, it's Optimus Prime as Ryu, but Optimus Prime using the Titans Return um, G2 They're all body. Titans. They're, they're, yeah. The only figure that's not. Uh, Titans is Chun Li because that's yeah. um, Generations uh, RC. Mm-hmm. So I now mean, there, there is a storyline here, and I will read this out because it's absolutely fantastic. Go on. Hmm. In What's the that? year two thousand and five, despite controlling planet Cybertron, the Decepticons continue to search the universe for new energy resources. During one of these searches. Megatron hears a mysterious voice which guides him back to Earth and to the Ramyana Temple in Thailand. Find a mysterious glowing gateway. There, the voice tells Megatron to pass through it, promising, promising him a powerful new energy should he do so. Megatron enters the gateway and emerges on the Earth of another dimension, where M. Bison, leader of the criminal orgli- organization Shadowloo, is battling Ryu, Ken, and Chun-Li. Bison reveals himself to Megatron as the source of the voice and entices him with the potential of an alliance between Shadowloo and the Decepticons, promising to share his psycho power with him. Intrigued, Megatron agrees and scans Bison, gaining a new body and imbuing himself with psycho power, and Bison disappears. Having tracked Megatron's location, Optimus Prime follows him through the gate to the alternative Earth, accompanied by Hot Rod and RC. They arrive just in time to see Megatron's new psycho-power-enhanced body before he too escapes. Knowing Megatron will inevitably try to return to their world and conquer it using the new power, Optimus requests that the three other fighters allow him and his comrades to scan them so they might become more powerful and challenge Megatron. They agree. On Optimus, Hot Rod and RC scan Ryu, Ken and Chun-Li respectively, each taking on new forms and learning their respective fighters' techniques. Now, as the battle moves to this new world, the Autobots and the World Warriors must unite to save both their dimensions from the Shadowloo Decepticon threat. Hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> so dumb and so amazing yeah, at the same it's, time. It's so wacky. What the hell? You know, when you do these kind of crossovers, you really do need to come up with like some sort of like you know 
uh, stretch it out excuse like uh it's all sorts of mention they fuse it's cool <laughs> who cares just let your toys fight each other yeah just, 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 here's an excuse to put to put to to, to deck out um Thoughtless prime as ryu but it's fucking awesome i was gonna say i love it the storyline is just so cheesy it works mm-hmm. and it makes so... more sense than the gi joe uh street fighter crossover where we're apparently supposed to believe that cobra commander tells m bison what to do oh. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get the two to that. Two of them just start fighting. Is really what would happen. <laughs> but, or they'd um, argue initially, and then Bison would just and just like I'm in charge now. Get to my chin. I, I thought it'd be M. Bi- M. Bison versus like Serpentor or some crazy shit like that. But you know, I, I would love to see that fight. No, but yeah, that was all it really was. So it was released to coincide with the 30th in Japan, the 30, 35th in the states. Oh, that's all. It- but apparently you can get them on Target and Hasbro Pulse in the States. That's not bad. I'm pretty sure they're going sure to get, like, if it's going to be on Hasbro Pulse, I'm pretty sure it's going to be on, in the UK as well. So it's like, fingers crossed on your, for your end of the, on your end. They come through Hasbro Pulse, but most people I remember already got them when they dropped in Japan through, um, you know, places like Power and In-Demand Toys. Hmm. All right. So I, I guess, I like you know, um, another bit, bit of news is that we finally saw some more images of legacy, of some new legacy figures, um, legacy Armada, Starscream, and legacy Beast Wars uh, Inferno. And I am not, I'm not, I'm not liking Inferno. I'm sorry. Why is that? Well, we'll get to it later. But like, um, why don't we go? Why don't we go on? Because like, like Aaron seems to have like a lot of info on all of this. So why don't, why don't you break it, break it, break it down for us, Aaron? The new legacy stuff. Yeah. Well, I I saw some of the um, new photos, and I was actually quite impressed because uh, legacy is one of these. A lot. Of, <clears throat> sorry, legacy at the moment is. I think we can all agree is mix and match. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Don't they? Yeah. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, now, in the UK, um, it was In Demand Toys that dropped the photos of Armada Starscream mm. before mm. Uh, anywhere, anywhere else. Now, now, I'm impressed by Armada Star, the Armada Starscream, simply down to the fact is, you know, I think we can all agree that, you know, Legacy, it does sort of lean more towards the G1 era of stuff, and you know, yeah. the Unicron trilogy and other eras mm. of Transformers don't get a look in. Mm. Yeah, and I, that's and one of the things is... I that's one of the thing that's one of the things I do like about this line versus like it's it's everything. It's everything you can think of and then some. And we're getting a new Armada Starscream, one we haven't seen since uh what twenty fourteen now? Yeah. Sounds mm. all right. And we get his and we get his two swords. The star saber and the wing saber. Mm-hmm. So now you can actually get the um, you can actually have him dual wielding the swords, and in a nod to the original toy, the turbines actually do move, and you can angle them as shoulder cannons. Oh, that's good. That works. Yeah, yeah. The shoulder cannons yeah. are they flip over. Yeah. Yeah. Now Inferno, we, he's back. We've got Predacon Inferno, the royalty. Mm-hmm. Now he was he was teased way 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 back when you know mm-hmm. remember yeah, when think... Cybertron Cybertron Metroplex got really... yeah we brought that up at the time uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. we touched on that I, 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 I mean well way before with like toy listings 
remember the big the big reveal of Inferno was Inferno getting whacked by Cybertron Metroplex's um soul scoop yeah thing yeah the the cutting disc which was ab- which was a nice little nod but at least we get the uh, propel the propeller abdomen with Inferno which is fantastic mm-hmm. and 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 I think the one thing that I think was missing from the previous versions of Inferno was um, the fact the ant jaw is now articulated. Mm. Okay, I don't know. So, maybe, maybe because for me, it's like I, I guess they could they could they could have toned down a little bit of the thorax a little bit and made it a little bit more streamlined because it feels like it's just so back heavy. Maybe that, that that's why I, I, I don't like it. I think it's because they're trying to make it more cartoon yeah. accurate and keep the uh, propeller butt gimmick. Fair enough. Sort of. Uh, I, I can sort of say that. What do you mean? They're, they're trying to balance it between toy accuracy, cartoon accuracy, and you know, mm-hmm. it works. You, you know, you can, you know. But again, in the UK, um, in-demand toys in the UK did actually reveal uh, Inferno as well before um, Hasbro. Mm. Yeah, through a toy listing. Uh, yeah. So, like I said. It's- no, I'm just saying so. We've had these photos. I'm surprised that uh, UK toy retailers are dropping these photos before Hasbro. And that, that, that was all I was saying, really. All right. Um, so I, I, like, I, I, I feel like we've been going all over the place, unfortunately. So, Jerry, is anything, any thoughts on like everything we just discussed so far? No, it, it's nice to see that they are trying to pay tribute to other eras. Um, and you can take the designs for, you know, Whichever era you you prefer. So if there's, I'm not. A, there's some Armada designs back you know in the day that I wasn't a particular fan of. Um, I think some of the toys come out pretty good. Mm-hmm. And you know, I the fact that you they're trying to keep things a little more accurate to you know the show and everything. I think is a good idea. Uh, Beast Wars. I've always had a mixed feeling on the designs in general. Like some designs, especially when it came to the toys, didn't quite look right. Like the animation, you know, is relatively groundbreaking for its time, you know, considering there's, like, no backgrounds. But <laughs> you have these really cool-looking, uh, you know, characters. But the toys I felt back in the day never quite matched that. And to try to make something that looks cool but looks accurate to the cartoon or the CG animation, whatever you want to call it, is a really tough thing to do because usually it looks a little off. And I feel that they're getting better at achieving that middle ground um, as a... As you were saying earlier, it's trying to try to balance, make that balance, and I think we're getting something. Something that looks a little nicer. They're not really my eras per se. You know, I I hate to be you know part of that whole G one supremacy kind of thing, but it it tends to be where I land when it comes to Transformers related things. Yeah, and that's perfectly fine because like there's a but, 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 but like it's a like for for you there's a lot of figures that they're, that they're making as well. And there's a lot of figures. It's all over the place. So it's like it, one of the things I like. It's like you can pick and choose where you want to be going with with all these figures. That's that's the good news. It's like unlike unlike um, these last couple of years, where it's like you're pigeonholed into like a certain era. At mm-hmm. least yeah. now you you can like pick and choose. Like oh okay, I, I'm not really feeling this guy. Like I'm not I'm like I'm not really feeling Inferno. Like I'm feeling um, Armada Starscream. I'm not really feeling a certain other figures in the line. I'm not really feeling um, bulkhead in this line because I like, I think those the better bulkhead figure came out like a few like way way before in the in the first edition ones. 
So I'm not gonna pick him up. But you know, hey, it's 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 always gonna be someone's favorite. Yeah. You can mind. Transformers has been around since the '80s, and almost every decade gets its own iteration in one form or another. Uh, whether it was Prime or animated or Armada or you know classic. And there's going to be someone who that was the Transformers they grew up with. And so you're going to have people there who are like, Beast Wars was the first Transformers I ever saw, and I want some new high-quality Beast Wars things in my collection versus someone you know who was Armada or animated or what have you. I feel like you know it, it would be a mistake to just focus on one specific era. As much as I prefer the G1 stuff, whether you, know, you want to go the early, early characters or the post-movie characters, that's a whole other discussion. But what you have is a market out there where there's people who grew up with certain series and they're not being catered to. And the fact that they're starting to cater to those other series, I think is a great idea. And if they can make them look right, if they can get the, the coloration, the tone, the design to be at that level that looks like, yeah, that's what it looks like in my memories. And yes, that's what I want to see on my desk. And they're doing their job right. And that's really what they should be aiming for. Yep. So like I guess one last thought on my end is like yeah it's like I I have I only have like one figure right now of the legacy collection I have um picked back because as I said before on the show it's like I've been a big fan of the point of like ever since they made smaller articulated like deluxe figures I've always wanted the I was always wanted I always wanted the Insecticons and now that they released at yeah. least one of them it's like hey let's go you got my money so there's <laughs> there's, there's always there's always a sucker that's always gonna be getting. So yeah. all right, so that's that. I I, I got that fits in our quota because like, well, it's weird. Cause, like we always talk about Transformers except the last episode because like there wasn't really anything big that yet. One last point I want to make is that Go on. I know back in the Beast Wars era, Inferno was an infamous, infamous self warmer. Let's Ooh. hope Legacy. Let's hope Legacy Inferno doesn't uh, follow on from his. Uh, original counterpart and become a peg warmer himself well, here's the thing how many beast wars uh, characters are even in the legacy collection at this point um uh, uh, there was a handful there was like i think it's mostly the bugs isn't it and the cats yeah like that's it so, like they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're pretty much they're pretty much they're carrying over a lot of the mold from like the pre from the previous line just to like just mm. to, like fill out space so there's still, so there's still like a lot of like you know like Cheetors dressed up as like Shadow right, Panthers right. and like and like I think like uh, there's like Waspinator, but Waspinator I think they call them like I think they well, they're always gonna have Waspinator for all the memes. I mean like that's that's a meme yeah. toy. But yeah. my point is that and, if you if you are a Beast Wars collector, you know, here's the thing: <laughs> if you're a Beast Wars collector, you're probably gonna grab him just to fill out the collection of the legacy, you know, edition versions. If you're collecting every edition, if you just are filling out your roster and there's already an, you know, an older Inferno, then, you know, you might just pass on it. I don't know how much room there is amongst, you know, your average transformer collector to go and say, Oh, I really need this guy over. Like I said, Waspinator, at least you have some meme stuff. Cheater was always popular. I mean, obviously a uh, rat trap, you know, hugely popular, Obviously, uh, Optimus and Megatron are always going to be, you know, your number ones, no matter what. And a couple of the other characters in there, uh, uh, Tarantulas and stuff like that, um, are always going to be in that, oh my gosh, that character's so awesome, I like that character. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone put this character on their, like, oh my gosh, I love this character list. So it does feel like an odd choice, but if there's not a lot of Beast Wars and you're a collector, at least it gets to fill out your roster. 
what you mean, because, I mean, I know people are going to be wanting, like, Air Razor, Scorponok, Pterosaur, because they were, like, you know, core characters in the series, you know, and all that. And I don't think anybody's really clamoring for, like, a uh, the Sandstorm repaint of Scorponok as an exclusive. Yeah. Oh, that's I, a whole I, other... I, the, the, the new hat uh, toys, as I like to call them, uh, repaints and things like that, that's that's for a very specific market. There's there's a very specific yeah. person out there who's going to go and say, "I need to have every scheme this character's ever had." When they bring out the Metallics version, I'm totally buying the Metallics version. <laughs> Although I don't think he had a Metallic, but um, characters who did get that. Uh, the day they'll Hasbro release a Fox Kids repaint of uh, of uh, Legacy Rhinox, I think people will be will people be clamoring for him. I don't know. Probably not. Maybe. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is all the nuances that we'll get into one of these days when we do a full on. It's almost deep dive, but you know, so you know. Yeah, I, I think I think we I think we better I think we we, we are we've steered so far away from Transformers fans together and then started talking about toys. I think it's the bigger problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But that's why that's why I got Ram, Ram, you. Ram, you gotta write right the ship a little bit anyway, so you know. Alright, yeah. So um, I, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll go to our next topic here. We they did it like let's, let's talk video games here for a few minutes here. Um, they announced a remake of Ch- Lollipop Chainsaw, and I think that their aim is for 2023. They said it's gonna have new combat, and I think they're gonna re- redefine a lot of things with new music. The only bad news is that this is literally, um, th- um literally James Gunn posted on Twitter, he barely knew about it just as the news broke, so I don't think he has that much involvement of it. Same thing with Suda 51. Yeah. The thing of remakes is if they're going to keep you know the script and the general game itself the same you don't necessarily need the other people coming in that game definitely needed some help with its uh combat controls i, I would mm-hmm. probably say yeah. but if you had the the messed up sense of humor and some weird looking character designs there's definitely some things about the game that were were positives in my book uh, i think they might be trying to not have these people involved because it might be too expensive to put their names into stuff uh, at this point. Because, you know, Jeff C. James Gunn is you know, Mr. Guardians of the Galaxy and he made a freaking amazing Suicide Squad movie. So, you know, he's definitely gotten his gotten a bit bigger. Uh, so if you're going to do anything that involves crazy, you know, you need you need Suda in there. Um, just any new yeah. levels, any new weirdness. Suda needs to be in there offering his own odd point of view, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Like I say, I just hope the. I was going to say, like I say, I just hope that the new lollipop scene sort of keeps that, you know, sort of dark humor, that close mm-hmm. to the knuckle humor to it, and the references and things like that. I, you know, I know I'm probably going to sound a bit political here, but I hope they don't, you know, sanitize it too much to, mm-hmm. you know. I think a lot of us know, are worried about that. Yeah. You know, I guess we'll see what happens to that when it comes along. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I just hope they don't sanitize it to, you know, take care of the easily offended people. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, you know, despite despite the whole thing of the, uh, you know, like, murdering zombies and all this stuff of a chainsaw and all that, and, you know, ram, ram through them, it's like, you know, explosion of rainbow color from them when they die and all this fun stuff, and it's like, yeah, I hope there's a bit of balance of the wacky along with the uh, the funny stuff and all the uh, slashing and killing and all that kind of thing, too. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 that, and, that, and there's there's, a, there's an inherent charm to like just like like they're like like this is weird like like you know they're, like they're like there's a, like for for them it's another day in, it's another day in a, a life of, of these characters so it's like I kind of want that kind of like aspect to it where it's just like 
oh, Nick, he's has uh, he's lost his head. He's he's like, ah, oh, fuck. But it's like he kind of takes it. He kind of takes it to the chin. And I kind of want like I I kind of want like a lot of type of stuff to still be there. So I don't want like you know, like they, they have to. There's 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 this weird sense of humor of like they're they're self aware about like what what what's up and they they're kind of like taking the piss out of it. And I kind of want to keep they should keep a lot of those aspects. It's part of like the dark humor of of the game, and mixed with the fact that like we're getting that like self aware, but we're also going to take things to like the nth degree. Like how much violence can we throw in here? How skimpy can we make the outfits? How how foul can we make the language? You know, you definitely see the the flavors of the creators in there in this soup, and and it's a delicious soup that needed better combat controls, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Overall, if they can if they can fix the problems of the game, but keep everything else basically the same, keep the humor, keep keep the voice cast for sure, and make something that just looks really good on a modern console, you know, go for it. Yes, please. Okay. Yeah. So, any, any other thoughts on Robin? Like, mm, or... Nope, not particularly. Nope, not the way to add to it. I guess we should. I guess we should end things off right here with this um, with this one last note because this is a pretty huge note, and this is something that. This is something that Jay here, he he was witness to a lot of this stuff firsthand. So at Anime Expo, wow, they they just they just threw all they just threw all the Macross up. Every Macross. Oh, yeah, I was at that panel. <laughs> all the Macross up uh, just, 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 just announcing everything at, at Anime Expo. Um I wanna say that at, at the Big Watts panel, um I, I don't mean to like just jump the gun on this, but like No, please. Some of those toys look freaking amazing. Um I'm not the biggest like Macross fan. I do enjoy it, and I'm not going to go say that. You know, oh, it's. But um, looking at some of those toys, oh my god! Like they are beautiful. They, you know, obviously keeping to the tradition, they transform just like they do in in the show, and have to bring back the model kits. And even on like the cosplay side of things, they have they have released the official, or they're going to release rather the official microphones for mm. Cheryl and Ronka, and they are adorable, and they play the songs. And they have like the little voice clips. I'm like, oh I my god, it. those are amazing. Yeah, Propicas are, are are incredible. I, I love Propicas. They're going to cost like five hundred dollars a piece, but they're amazing. No, no just I think like I, I think someone that we know mutually, I think they they have the, the Sailor Moon one, and it's actually not that. I think it's not that expensive. I think it's like a hundred dollars. You know, I I said, but the Propicas can get expensive. I, I seeing some of the ones they did for like Demon Slayer and uh, some of the other series that were more recent. Yeah, it's getting well, because, expensive. Well, the, because do you considering that those are like full scale like stuff like, in, in terms of yeah. like a that looked really good and it'd be awesome for a cosplay, but they they can the prices can get up there even if it's going to be one hundred and fifty two hundred dollars. It's still going to be yeah, you know, up there. You, for a but, microphone but, that plays a couple of songs. I mean, it's, it's it's more than just something you get. It's more than just something you get at like a spirit Halloween. I'll I'll give you that much. So for like, sure, that's like, I'm yeah, like, it's significantly higher quality. And whether you just use it for a photo shoot, you just have it on your shelf, or you know yeah. what have you. It, it, I, I think if I had a, a prop that cost that much, I think I would be very nervous about taking it to a con. <laughs> I would be constantly Fair paranoid enough. about it. But I, I know people who do, and that's fine. Um, it just comes down to your your point of view, and I don't know. Uh, Again, I'm someone who looks at you know, like when they release, uh, you know, uni- official uniform jackets um, mm-hmm. um, from Gundam, and I look at the price of those, and I go, "Oh God, I want for that much money, I would never leave the house with it." 
Like, I couldn't, yes, I couldn't see myself paying that much for a jacket and then, like, go, oh, but what if it gets dirty? Like, my brain would immediately freak out and go, I can only wear this indoors in my house. You gotta put, you gotta put, room. you gotta put it in a hermetic, you gotta put it in a hermetically sealed, like, you know, like, space. Space, exactly. Weather controlled and everything. Okay, sorry for jumping again on that. Go, go through the, the news here, Rams. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, so, yeah, you, you discussed some of the things, like, the model kits and stuff like that, but I think the bigger news is, like, some of the licensing about who's got what at this point. So it's like, um, so first things first, I think like, I, like, I, I, who's doing, um, who's doing Macross Frontier? Is it, um, Nozomi Entertainment, it? isn't it? I believe. Yeah. Nozomi. Yeah. yeah, Nozomi. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Nozomi. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So they're doing that. And they're also, is Nozomi also doing, no, it's right stuff. Okay. Just because there's so many people are doing different they're things. They're the same company. So, <laughs> or they're merged like, company or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's still so, isn't it Robert Woodhead at the, at the end of the day? It's still the same guy. It's just a spin-off thing or whatever for the retro stuff. It's right stuff, I yeah. believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. yeah. They're, they're so, basically two brands under the same company. Okay, so so that, that simplifies everything. So like, let's just say that like for the, for the most part, right stuff is they just they just got all the, all the rights to all to everything Macross, except for and uh, even in, it's, plus from another company, I believe. Yeah. So Mac, yeah, Macross Plus is from, from from something else, but like everything else is is through is through them. The one that the, the two that that stick out in my mind is Macross Two, because mm-hmm. this is something. This is more. This is a this is a Rob and uh, Ramsey thing. <laughs> it's like, a it's a long story, but anyway, we'll set them up. Yeah, anyway. Well, we'll, we'll give a little bit of it. It's like, like there's a, there's another podcast we, we uh, There's another podcast out there that made this uh, Macross installment very uh, infamous because of a very certain drunk reporter, Dennis Sloan, because he's all he's, he's all about. Do you know about culture? Culture oh, shit. <laughs> Remind me to put. That he's, he's practically Remind he's practically to give context, Aaron. He's he's a bit of a uh, on the on the fly reporter, drunkard. Uh, Camera, camera reporter guy, in the middle of a battle. Yeah, and he and he pretty much gives him. He pretty much gives like our main character, like the like. Oh my god, you can't, I can't believe you're, you're this and that. Blah blah blah. And he, and he, he, he also lectures him about the whole thing about what do you know about war? War has changed, kind of deal and all that kind of shit. You know, yeah, but the thing them. is, his delivery and his everything else about it is just so memorable. And yeah, there's clips on YouTube. Amazing. We could probably Ramsey could probably provide clips on. Uh, Saturday AM squads uh, Twitter and all that kind of deal for people well, to go find that, I think, full contact. Well, not yeah. just that. I think, uh, I think people like, listening, before you think Macross 2 is good, let me inform you that it is totally not. It is terrible intrinsically. Um, the dub uh-huh. is great because of how bad the dub is. I love it. Yeah, um, that's, that's what, that's why, that's why I love the, it too. It's the main character arguing with one of the military ladies and she says like, it's UN spacey policy. And he just goes, your policy sucks. <laughs> And it's it's become one of my favorite lines. And then every time I see the the UN Spacey thing, all I can think is your policy sucks. <laughs> um, I it on my old YouTube channel, where I used to talk about like bad anime, and um, it's a trip to get through. Uh, there's there's some decent animation in there, but uh, it's one of those ones where they were like ex- hyped about like getting that one out there. And I'm like, why, why? We've, we've I, kind I, of sort of made it canon, and I'm like, D- don't. Don't know, bad. You, you, you go in the corner and think about what you just did. Well, I, I guess, I guess, I, I guess nowadays, like I, I'm excited for it because it's for all the wrong reasons. Like I love mm-hmm. how bad it is, so it's like I'm, I'm down for like just bad shit. It's one of those things where you could probably slot it in alongside uh, for the at least in terms of notori- notoriety for dope wise, along the lines of like say MD Geist or something as well. 
Yeah, and the guys mm-hmm. or just uh, just all that other good, just that other just crap, creme de la yeah. crap. Pretty much, pretty and much. Then, yes, that's right. And then finally, I think the one, another one that got, that caught my attention, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe they, those those crazy assholes did it. Those crazy sons of bitches. Macross seven. seven. Uh-huh. Yep, seven got grabbed. So I'm like, I'm very happy about that. I'm like, usually very few anime get my attention. Where I'm like, day one, I gotta buy it. That's one of them. Two of your favorite original series characters are back, and they're divorced and hate each other. <laughs> oh, thanks. I love it. Yeah, and between, between, between that frontier, main character ever, and you get uh, Elzar's head. <laughs> yeah, Elzar's head. Yeah, between that and frontier, it's like. Oh boy, those two probably had the most problems with tension with the music anyway, so it, that's a surprise that now two-thirds of it is, like, Macross stuff is just out there or coming soon? Yeah. The only thing that's left MIA, really, really, is actually zero, so that's that, so... Hmm, and whatever. do you remember love? Yeah. Um, we're getting some toys from zero, so zero probably on the horizon, I would say. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Aaron, do you have any thoughts? I know you've been, you've been like, I, we're trying to, like, get everybody into the discussion here? Really? I mean, Macross is, again, an, a franchise I'm aware of and know about, you know, mostly through the 1980s and into the 90s, through those who shall not be named, you know who they are. HG. Mm-hmm. HG. Yeah, but you know, and thanks to the internet now, you know, um, you know, I've, I've learned a bit more about Macross and, you know, it's definitely a franchise I, I'm wanting to look at more in the future, and I, you know, I'm glad that you know Macross is now getting that sort of collector grade treatment. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know, it's, you know it's, it's nice to. Hey, look, you know, I was I grew up with that whole Matchbox era stuff, and you know, those early days. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, we've upgraded past the air quotes G1 Jetfire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. So it's like, like, that's it, really. All right. Yeah, like I said, for me, it's just like, I'm just happy that, like, that that these things are more readily available, and I'm just happy that like it's gonna be uh, that people are gonna get their hands on the stuff eventually. I do know what they're they're planning on like doing like a world tour with with the stuff before they put it on on um on Blu-ray. So it's like that's fine. Give people opportunity to like watch all that stuff beforehand, so, like you know, in the big screen. Bringing the movies to the theater is kind of nice too. Yeah. So and they've been doing that. They've been doing a lot of that, and I think that they, they're going to continue to put a lot of stuff in movie theaters, they, like for the next year or so. And then I think, like, saying towards next year, I think they're going to put they're going to put a lot of that stuff on Blu-ray. So it's like, well, like more good on them. And like I said, I'm really happy. Like on one hand, I'm really happy for all the wrong reasons that we're getting Macross too. Like I think a new generation of people are going to have to, are going to see are just going to see just the badness. And I really want people to check out the badness. On the other <laughs> hand, on the good hand. On the, on the good end, we get to see, we're going to get to finally get to see uh, how we get to get the thrust Macross 7 on people, and I'm really happy about that. Yeah. That may be the most happy, that may be a happy, happy little Ramses when I heard that news. Other than the news that we got of St. Seiya, but uh, that's, uh, again, that I don't want to, like, bore people with that news. You want to hear that's that a good news podcast for that too, anyway, so plug, plug, plug. Go to Cosmocast and find out all that stuff there. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, so I th- that's it for the news for right now. Like, I, like, is there any other last minute things you guys want to discuss before we hand to our next topic? No, yeah, not really particular that I can think of now. So, alright, uh, no. <laughs> no. So, um, alright. So, why don't we talk about our weeks? Um, why don't we start off with you, Aaron? Like, well, how has how has your week been of like new things and new being involved or well, anything new, anything interesting? 
well boring because uh, like i can say i mostly work nights so here in the uk so I, i'm either asleep or at work that's usually how it goes but at <laughs> least uh, my, the main part of my week this week has been obviously uh rereading um G.I. Joe comics and Action Force comics in preparation for uh, this podcast. Hmm. Any little things? What about anything playing or you're watching? What what about those things and all that? Not not a lot really watching because I don't really have time for it anymore. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. uh, I've got some movies that I plan plan on watching uh, over the course of the weekend. Probably gonna watch Iron Eagle, you know. I fancy some aircraft. Uh, I was gonna say, well, after watching Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick, you know, I think it's time to uh, watch some cheesiness. Well, cheesiness with an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, so I'm thinking, you know what? How can you get any more 1980s cheese in terms of top, you know, and up there with Top Gun than Iron Eagle? That 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 was my logic. Um, Jay, my friend, I know you've been, I know you've been very, very busy. So why don't, why don't you, why don't you break it, why don't you break it, break your week down for us? I'll try to keep it a little bit brief. Uh, of course, I went to Anime Expo, which uh, is is some um, Herculean trial <laughs> to get through, but some cool moments there. Uh, I was one of the performers in CWF, uh, the Cosplay Wrestling Federation. I ran a panel on the history of giant robots. I went to the special uh, Gundam event that Bandai and Sunrise ended up shooting, and in the process, won myself a uh, Crossbones X1 full cloth, which uh, oh, cool. made me cry <laughs> because <laughs> uh, Crossbones is one of my favorite series. It's uh, only a manga right now, but hopefully, it'll become the uh, anime in the future. Someday, please. If they're doing Hathaway, you guys can go and do crossbow. You know, you never know where the right things are going with the see stuff because because we're up to like oh, you know quite flat. You can make money off of it. They'll, they'll animate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what I was saying is, yeah, considering we're up to halfway Flash, you never know with Bandai and all that. So you never know. And so you know, there's a lot of other little little mini announcements. A lot of stuff that we already knew, though they did show off the uh, technology for the scanner, so you can actually do build fighters in real life. Uh, it was just pretty cool to actually see that in real life, not just hear about it and see a few photos from you know, various news uh-huh. people. Uh, so it was exhausting, and <laughs> I'm still recovering from it. But then throughout the week, of course, I watched uh, some G.I. Joe. We got, got to go through the Pyramid of, Do- of Darkness, which was fun, and a few other just random side episodes. Uh, in addition to that, of... Oh, right. I have my own YouTube channel where I talk about mythology and stuff called Dapper Bard's Dapper Bard Games. And I did a my most recent video on Thor, the God of Thunder. So if you ever want to know the mythology about Thor, the most awesome redheaded dude to run around with a war hammer and smash skulls, uh, you mm. can go and check that out it's on my channel, Dapper Bard Games on YouTube. Uh, other than that, it's just been a lot of recovery and what have you. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So I was I was gonna say like you know I'll post I'll post a link on our on our description of our episode description of not just your not just of the not just of your um your your um not just of your, your channel but also the actual video as well. Don't worry. Thank about. you. All right. So Rob, you're up. All right. All right. Uh, let me think. 
uh, in regards to reading and nothing really in particular that jumps out to me that comes to mind for all that stuff. Um, for watching, nothing new for an anime thing, but I did sort of a Country World Premium thing recently, so now I find I've got a bit of an open library for things for like in regards to anime and all that, as also Funimation uh, merging their stuff into the Funimation Crunchyroll Library deal, all that integration, slowly over time. Um, I did earlier this week, and I told Ramsey's recently, that I did also see Thor, Love and Thunder. That's an interesting, stupid, funny movie with some little bits of sadness also at the same time. No spoilers. You should at least probably see it once to form your own opinion. Some people might like it, some people might might hate it. Either way, it's kind of one or the other. I personally rather enjoyed it for the most part and all that kind of deal. And okay. uh, that's, that's what I'll say in, in that in that aspect. So if anyone's thinking about it, that's what I'll say on it. Um, in regards to video games, I am still put, putting a little bit of time into Pokemon Unite and my other mobile or mobile game ventures like Dragon Ball Legends and other things like that sort of deal. I did actually try it when they came out on the Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis app for Nintendo Switch Online's expansion pack. They um, they recently released a few new games. They put up Zero Wing, Target Earth, and I forget what the other ones are. I have to look up. I could probably find them somewhere else. But yeah, they came up with like four new games for that. Oh yeah, one of the one of the other ones was Comic Zone. That's right. Mm. And yeah, because I got interested to try this. I was like, huh. That's surprising. There's some cool new stuff all of a sudden up on there. And I looked at them and yeah. just gave them a test and all that, you know? Uh, and apart from all that, I think that's... Oh, wait. One other tiny thing. When I was out and about during the week and I decided to pop into a pawn shop place that had, you know, random little bits and pieces, I came across on the day when I turned up there, I found some poor soul had decided to soul... All five Game Boy Advance Pokemon games, and I decided to. I had a chance to pick between one of the one of them before anyone else could even get to them. And some on some advice from friends, I decided to grab Pokemon Emerald for myself and take that home. Oh, there we okay. go. I haven't tried it yet, but yep, that's the one I grabbed. So yep, that's mostly it from my end, and I'll pass the baton off to Ramsey's now. Pokemon joke. There we go. Baton pass. Okay. All right. So mine's kind of quick too. Oh wow! This is this is this is so like this is because like all week, all week before the last couple of weeks, it's been just I've been like working my ass off trying to get a quinceanera to like like we were trying to like fix the house up like you know you know turn everything upside down and everything just for this just quinceanera like it's a party for like you know it's like the next conversion of a sweet sixteen so we had to like make sure that everything was like perfect and all that stuff. so all, all the so like the weeks the little days leading up to it I have been like just been busy just been helping them out. So I haven't been playing or doing or been doing much of anything at all. So my my so my gaming itself was like it's unless it's unless it's named Monster Hunter Sunbreak. Mm. I haven't been playing anything else. So I've been playing a lot of that. I've been playing and totally right now. It's like if you if you've been on the fence about buying it because it's like a forty dollar expansion, you get your forty dollars worth. My only problem with the game is like. You don't get to see the cool new things that you that that's that's in the game to like midway through the game. It's like I kind of wish we could see a lot of cool new things now. That was my mm-hmm. only complaint. And then in terms of reading, like I said, I know I I, I mentioned this a lot of times in this podcast, but like I I got the Shouldn't Jump app because I saw that Saint Sale was on there. And I started like, hey, 
I said I said to myself that if Saints were to ever end up on the Shonen Jump app, that's where I, that's where I'm gonna go. So I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is, and you know, and put it in, and start and then start supporting the start supporting the official release. And I ended up with a subscription to it. You know, hey, at two dollars at two dollars two dollars a month American, that's not bad at all. Hmm. And it gives you access to like everything. It gives you like I said, it gives you access to like um, like we said earlier, Yu Gi Oh, Dragon Ball, Yu Hakusho, um, Saint Seiya. Um, and then, like, all the latest series, so if you want to get caught up, like, with, like, with One Piece or with Spy Family or... Um, I believe I even asked you at one point, I think, doesn't it include, does it include the Japanese uh, Transformers manga as well and all that stuff, for, for example? No, unfortunately, it's, only, it's like, for the subscription I got is only just for, like, Shonen Jump. So anything, oh, okay, that's, okay. That's, current, anything that's currently in Shonen Jump, like, for example, One Piece, Spy Family. Oh, so I guess that might be a, a broader Viz plan for everything? They have or what? Yeah, they have. Okay. There's, there's another plan for like Viz stuff. Anything like? I don't think they have. I don't think they have that here in the United States. Though. That's the, okay. Thing. Like, the one that we got here in the United States is just for Shonen Jump. Yeah, okay. And it's just for Shonen Jump properties. Like so, it's like I said, like anything, anything that's been in that, that's been in the Shonen Jump, it should be right there. And like I said, like like the stuff I've been reading is just like I've only the only two things I've been reading because like I'm reading Saint Seiya for. Podcast reasons because like, and I'm gonna introduce a new segment on the show starting next next episode about the manga because now that's more readily available. I think now now we've got time to pull the trigger and talk about the manga a little bit more in depth. And now that's you know, hey, if there's no excuses at this point, two ninety nine, please. And then also like, I've been reading Spy Family because that's my that's my new jam right now. I think it's everybody's new jam. I think it's a fantastic series. Funny, funny, funny stuff. I know I can't. I think this is like the third time in a row I've been talking about third or fourth time the fourth episode in a row I've been talking about how much I love Spy Family. So just if you haven't if you haven't read it, please do yourself here and read it. It's a funny and amazing series. It has a lot of heart, a lot of stuff you can check out. A lot of fun mm. watching through the uh, TV series of that as well. Um, I've never actually tried the manga, but I generally enjoy it. And it turns out I look really damn good as Lloyd. So. Yeah, you do. I saw the pictures of you as Lloyd. You are very dapper. No pun intended. But um, in terms of other things I picked up, I picked up uh, some action figures. Um, I only picked up two action figures. I picked up, because uh, um, Target had a sale on, on AEW figures. And I picked up um, the best friends. I picked up Chucky e. T and Trent. Because they were like, they were, uh, what, they were like $10 a pop. I'm like, fuck it. Like, I, need, I, like, I, wanted, I wanted these two. And like, this is perfect. I to pick up these guys, so... And you know, unfortunately, no Orange Cassidy. I would have bought him if he was there. Unfortunately, he was not. But like I said, I, at ten dollars a pop, American. I've said the best. That's the best deal I'm going to get on these figures. So I, I jumped on it. And that's the only like thing. And other than so like I said, like oh, like oh, my my time has just been been just been um, devoted to just been doing um, Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter related stuff. So I don't want to bore. I don't want to bore people at all. I think like one of these. I think eventually down the road, I will do a Monster Hunter episode, and I will piss off Rob when it does, when I do it. Sort of piss off. They're more like you'll have to find a dedicated person or two for uh, Monster Hunter talking shenanigans. So you know. Yeah, trust me. I'll trust me. I will find people. I will find people. You know, I will. Now listen, look at the corner. Just uh, the thing in the episode kind of deal me up. So yeah. And that wraps up for our What Have We Been Up To um, segment. Let's go on to our main topic here, which is G.I. Joe. Everything and everything un- in, in, underneath the universe of the, of the world of G.I. Joe, for the most part. Right? Like, well, I, again, 
knowing how knowing our luck, we're not we're going to be talking about this. We're gonna, I'm going to try to steer the, this conversation as much as I can to at least be a minimum because like I know there's so much that we can that we that we need. There's so yeah. Much there's the cartoon, there's the comics, there's the toy lines, all the other stuff. So we gotta break it up. We can't do it all in one go. We cannot. Movies and so many movies and <clears throat> video games and like. I'd love to be in for the movie. Whatnot. <laughs> Animated or live action. I've basically seen them all and I would love to. We're, we're gonna do a comeback. Yeah. I wanna be in the movie episode. Oh, yeah. But like I said, there, and then like I said, there's multiple continuities where it's like you know we have Action Force, and then we have like the, and then we have like GI Joe itself, and then just so many other things. It's like I said, like this is just gonna be we're gonna try to at least be try to take things to the surface of our things. Like we're gonna talk about like a little bit of our nostalgia and like what we like and stuff. And a more in depth discussion might be coming in like the next, might be in like coming in the future as well if this does. So. Um, why don't we start off with the why don't, we, why don't we start with the most experienced person here, um, um, Aaron? What is your what, what was your um, tell us a little bit about your experience with GI Joe? Like, you know, what, what was like? How would you how did you get into it? And like, how did you want it? Wow, my experience, my experience with uh, GI Joe, or should I say, Action Force, was uh, during the early nineties. Obviously, being born in 1985, um, you know, I'd missed pretty much the um, early Gen 1 stuff. So my experience was watching some uh, Action Force uh, tapes, you know, I got as a kid, um, you know, with the edited versions of the uh, theme, the redubbed Action Force and redubbed Sergeant Slammer over... uh, you know, the G.I. Joe line and the full force battle cry. <laughs> but, I mean, my first experience with the toys was, um, uh, some of you might be, might, might know these figures well, was the Air Commanders and the Talking Battle Commanders. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a soft spot for, uh, I have a soft spot for those guys, especially um, Stalker, he was one of my favorite figures in that, um, that line. Yeah, that was that was really it. I mean, and obviously the Action Force uh, comics that were still running at the time. All right, all right. Uh, Jay, your your introduction to GI Joe and like what, what, what? I have kind of an interesting story. You know, being a child of the '80s and what have you, is that my mom was very picky on kind of like the cartoons and toys I could have. So. Two of the shows that if my mom was home, I couldn't watch, but if uh, I was home with a babysitter or something like that, or staying at a friend's house, I could, were He-Man and G.I. Joe. And so I never owned a He-Man toy. My mom said, oh, He-Man is too violent, which if you actually watch the cartoon, it's really not the case. Uh, And G.I. Joe is too violent. Ironically, I could watch uh, real Ghostbusters, which gets really dark and messed up. And I could watch... Mm -hmm. Uh, Transformers, which has robots blowing up buildings left and right. <laughs> but I think the issue of G.I. Joe is that it was like a whole military kind of thing. She wanted me to get into military stuff. But as a kid, I, I yeah. loved it. I had friends who had it. And occasionally for like birthday presents from friends and stuff, I'd just get G.I. Joe. So I had some random ones. I had like a a, a Cobra Trooper or a Soldier, whatever they called them. Fairly um, certain I had like Flint and a couple others. And because I had a bunch of Transformers, you know, they were already having crossovers well before that was a thing. And, you know, Generally, I loved the show as a kid. I just thought it was cool. I thought these characters were super cool. You know, you get all these guys of all their specialty skills and what have you. And, you know, I didn't realize, like, 
how huge you know G.I. Joe really was when I was younger because you don't think about that kind of stuff when you're a kid. And then when I got a little bit older, I was allowed to get into it. The uh, show was more or less off the air by that point. You know, we're talking like 89, 90, you know, that time period. There was probably some reruns here and there. But the toys were so awesome uh, because you had the whole set of you know different weapons and stuff, the little weapons tree, which is always great. And then you got into stuff like the uh, the Eco Force and the Blast Cord that had all their uh, gimmicky you know, <laughs> you know, rockets and water sprayers and stuff like that. That were definitely a lot of fun, especially when you're you know just right right at that age of like you know, uh, you know 10, 11, 12 years old, where you can then you know you and your brother are just shooting each other with a little. You put the toy aside and you just use a little spring loaded you know little bazookas and just shooting shooting at each other. <laughs> it was generally good times had by all. And look, I'll admit to it, I had some of the Street Fighter toys as well. Um, we were kind of talking a little bit about that, I think, off air. But I did have a few of, a few of those as well, which were a lot of fun. Mm. I, think, I think a lot more of my appreciation for G.I. Joe came as I got older and I kind of looked more at it, which I you know, we can discuss after we get you know, to the next segment. Uh, but yeah, it, it was one of those ones that was kind of like my secret thing I loved that I wasn't allowed to really, you know, watch or get into because my mom was like no there are a bunch of army dudes shooting each other that's that's violent don't don't watch that watch these robots shoot each other it's okay <laughs> there's no violence there but yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if only they knew if only they knew but anyway so yeah you know which why don't, why don't you why don't, why don't you why don't you why don't you tell us about your experiences with your earliest experiences with the franchise uh, with G.I. Joe, um, when I think about it, um, I, when it was around back in the heyday and that kind of thing, like, I didn't really, like, gravitate towards it or that kind of thing. Like, I definitely knew there was something going on with all the various um, Sunbar properties or shows that were done at that point in, in, point in time or around a few years after kind of deal as well. Like, I remember seeing, like, a random episode on the VHS tape when I was on Hollows once in the UK. Because it also had an episode of Transformers on the same cassette, along with also an episode of Inhumanoids as well. And it's like, oh, this is interesting. And it's like, wait, what are these other two shows? And it's like, oh, cool. I get to watch one episode of Transformers and then one episode of these other shows that I don't know anything about. But um, for me, getting into more regards with the animated series and all that stuff proper later on, I would say probably the... 2010 slowly, like I learned, started bits and pieces and all that kind of deal. With some of the characters and all that stuff became more familiar. I never had anything with the toys and all that kind of deal, but yeah, so and then it helped a lot that in more recent years, over the last I would want to say three years now, going on, I want to say instinctively, that has both just been slowly but surely either uploading episodes online to their various channels or just been keeping and be keeping the 24 uh, 7 GI Joe live stream going. Most of the damn time long, which has also been a good thing for like just watching some episodes and just absorbing the show and all that kind of deal. So, yeah, that's what I'll say on that regard. So, yeah, that's it. Hand off to you, Ramses. Um, for me, G.I. Joe, it's, it's, I think it's always been something that's, that's always been like a, a weird consistent for me. But there's ever like there's ever two things that's always been consistent in my life that, that I've always had like when I was since I was the youngest as I can remember was always He Man and Trans and GI Joe because like I had an older brother and he got a lot of that stuff and then he grew out a lot of that stuff and I got a lot of that stuff back from him. so I, I inherited a lot of his a lot of the older toys that he had so um, and you know it was at the time where like those those figures were cheap they were like they were like two American dollars for a pop. 
and you know you can like it's something easy where I can say I can sneak one I can sneak one or two in in, in, a, in a shopping cart and, and my mom wouldn't bat an eye because like hey, it's two dollars I'm like I'll rebuild for this I'll rebuild for my for my little son so like fuck it and yeah you got know, had all the vehicles and stuff like that and you know it was the benefit of like living in both like the United States and Mexico where it's like I got to see the show various times to like various in like various degrees where um. I would see one. I would see an episode in Spanish, and I would see it in English, and then, and then they would give repeats. And they would give repeats and whatnot. So it's like, and so it, so I got so it was always on some way somehow, and it's like, and then I, and then like I would read, I, I read, I would like we were always allowed to pick up some conflicts. My brother would pick up more, pick up more superhero stuff, and uh, and because like they were at the time they were like what they were they were cheap. They were like they were like they were thirty five, forty, fifty cents each. While GI Joe was like a dollar. Well, he got like, well, he got more. I got, I still was following the comic book somewhat. You know, I was still a little too young to figure out what was going on, but it was so cool to get it. As an adult, I went back and started picking up all the, uh, as some of the, picking up some of the old stuff, and I was really intrigued and started going deep diving, wiki, wiki diving, going and researching a lot of stuff, like looking at, like all the web pages and whatnot, um, just to figure out like what was going on. And it's like it blew my mind. There was just so much continuity and like, and then. Like I said, it's uh, it's even something where it's like it's always been there, and it's like I like so like when I when the line stopped, I was like I just didn't pick it up for a while, and I thought like stuff like GI Joe Extreme was just like like whatever, like this is just a pale imitation to what I used to grow up with, which is like pretty sure the same same can be said to like those old boomers who are like oh those 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 small GI Joes are just generous from all those other of our old our old dolls our old dolls that we used to have back in our days. So it's like it's weird when you, so it's weird when you see when you we get to talk about stuff like that. And we talk about GI Joe Extreme. It's like oh, Lord. oh wow. <laughs> and then and then you get to stuff like um we get then I had a job for like if I I can start getting my job and like at my job I I work right next to a toy store I work at KB Toys and and it was one of the things where it's like I knew the guys. Like and they included the stock personnel, and they used to hook me up with some of the stuff. So I would pick up a few GI Joes here and there from like you know, before I got I got hot pickings before everybody else. So and we had like a, like a like we had like a like a little little network of things where we would hook things up with with like with them at our job and whatnot. So it's like we had our own little like little syndicate of like collectors underground that like we didn't like we we knew each other but we didn't publicly like acknowledge it. Yeah. So. So like for example, so like they so like they they were they were big game people and so I was like okay I'll put this game aside for you but like if you like you discount if you like if you can hook me up with this and it's like yeah sure well, why don't we do that? I was gonna say and what era of the show was that? This was the this would be like Spy Troopers, um, oh, Jedi Joe versus Cobra. Oh, uh, the Joe Joe versus Cobra era. Yeah, the the ones where everyone looks like everyone looks like a linebacker. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I did kind of like that one, but I've I've got to admit, early uh, Joe versus Cobra really did. I wasn't a fan because of that whole kind of like not only T crotch stuff, but then the anime style um, proportions on like on figures mm. like Flint. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, like you know that those tiny torsos, long arms and legs and. Walkie yeah. feet. I was like, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's definitely its own aesthetic that sets it apart. And I can see people. It, it kind of reminds uh, me of um, just you know because of the bulkiness. It reminds me of that uh, the Power of the Force line 
that Hasbro did for Star Wars, where you, everyone's super lipped. <laughs> so I'm oh, on Solo. I've just been at the gym for a while, bruh. On Vader, do you even live? Now we know what Luke Skywalker was doing down... I was going to say, now we know what Luke was doing down Toshi Station. It involves protein powder and weights. <laughs> Quote-unquote. Or he's training on Dagobah, but you know, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, if you want to do a Dagobah, it's like, you tell them, like, lift the weight, you must. So, like I said, it, it, there is a different, like, aesthetic when you get those weird, like, we're, we're way too buff, we got these, like, tiny legs, and it's just like, okay, this is just a style that someone at one point or another said, this is what faction figures need to look like. It's like, okay, yeah. no choice. And, it, and, it, and, they, and they kept that into, like, the, they kept that into, like, the 2000s, which yep. is weird. And, I, and it's only, like I said, like, like uh, and one of the things, and, and one of the things I liked was, like, I... I think the majority of my collection started happening when the modern era ha- happened, which is when they started moving into like the three and three quarter to like the four inch figures, where they got rid of the, the O ring, but it was still as highly yeah. articulated as the as the as the little figures, if not more. Like the, that that modern Wonderful. era for me is like that's like that's for me the best GI Joe figures because like they, they don't look like linebackers, they don't look like they they, they don't look like they they when they hit they hit the gym beforehand. They look they look proportionate. They look accurate, and they have like the most amazing sculpts, and they, I do appreciate them like lasting this long before they went back to it. So, if you were asking me like where the majority of my collection is, it's that it's that um it's that four in it's that three and three quarter four inch like you know modern era stuff that I that I'm like really love, and that's like what the majority of my collection nowadays. And it's like I'm sad that, that that's over and not, and they're going back to like the old rings. But as I said, like it had a good run, and I'm not I don't regret it. And let the old let the O ring figures like if those those people who have the O ring stuff, it's all you guys. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock it. You guys, it's all you guys. I did like Spy Troops. I am gonna say that was a, that was a good toy line, and it was an interesting oh, was, concept yeah. as well. Uh, and it was There's, an interesting concept. It was kind of, sort of like having uh, you know GI Joes with armor pretending to be disguised as Cobra Troopers. I mean, okay, I admit some of the disguises were rather flimsy and they did look a bit like, wait a minute, that is just Grunt with a helmet on. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But, but I do like this, like, they did take some, I did like in, like, in that, that continuity, they gave us, like, new characters, like, Asian faces and whatnot, like, the, the, the counter the counter to Zartan. So I did like, so I did like stuff like that. Hmm. You also had the uh, soul triplets as well. Hmm. And that storyline, you know, you had Barrel Roll, Blackout, and Bomb Strike being all triplets, and then you had um, Barrel Roll and um, Blackout being brothers on opposite sides, and, you know, mm-hmm. both being, being top-class snipers. It's like, oh, no, they're going to end up... They're going to try end up killing each other, and it's like, oh. Yeah, so it's, like, it's stuff like that. It's like there's there, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool things in that era too that, that that like we shouldn't sleep on, and I do appreciate that they did. But like I said, my the majority of like where my interest lies was in like the modern era stuff, like the four inch stuff. So that that's like where I where the majority of my collection. And twenty fifth, yeah. the twenty fifth era stuff. Yeah, that's my jam right there. Like anything and everything of that of that era. That's my jam. Uh, if you guys, if, if to anybody out there that wants to get rid of their stuff, talk to me. I'll buy you. I'll gladly buy it off you guys because, like, I I love that stuff so much. And I know people are like, I like the old rings more. Like, you know what? Power to you. But if you're gonna get, if you're gonna offload that, if you're gonna offload the modern stuff, I'm your guy. 
Anyways, apart from that, and Ramsey's looking for a kidney too, selling a kidney. But anyways, moving on. What's next, Ramsey? Um. So why don't we? So why don't we? So why don't we, so why don't we simplify things a little bit? So, um, uh, why don't we talk about our favorite characters? Um. So Jay, why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you get us started here? Well, I'm going to go for kind of two because, again, I always have a soft spot for Flint because I believe that was one of the toys I got for a birthday from a friend. I was probably six or seven years old, so I couldn't really watch G.I. Joe, but I had one. And so I always have a soft spot for Flint. I've, I've owned, actually, when I got older, a couple other versions of him as well because I just think he's a cool character. Um, hmm. But I think my favorite character, and I when I learned some trivia about him, I was like, oh, my gosh. As a Leatherneck. I thought Leatherneck had a cool look. I liked his weapons tree loadout. And no, there's something about him that like always like stuck with me. Even like I think the quotes on his uh, card thing was like, you take the two Cobras over there. I'll take the 10 over here. You know, and you're like, nice. <laughs> and I believe he's supposed to be based off of Larry Hama, which I had no idea as a kid, obviously. And I heard that and I was like, what? That was one of my favorites. I had him. I had this. Had a, I had one version of him, but I, I thought he just looked cool. I liked, you know, like I said, I liked his loadout. And he was always like the commander guy because uh, I, I didn't have a Duke probably until a little bit later. My older my older brother ended up getting a Duke. So eventually then we got a Duke and then, you know, Duke has to take command of everybody. But until that point, I always used uh, Leatherneck as my, my commander guy <laughs> because I just liked what he looked like. Yeah. Aaron, any, any characters, any particular characters you're fond of? Well, I mean, I... I've got to admit, thanks to all the the tapes I was I had back in as a as a kid, they were all the season two episodes, and I think I, I think it was sort of like like uh, I, I've got to say here, it would be Flint and Leatherneck because I think you know Flint being that sort of character in the comics, being the especially in the UK comics, being the GI the action force field commander having these big storylines especially with Destro and then I, I, I kind of thought Leatherneck was kind of cool because yeah, I, one of the episodes I saw back then was um, My Favorite Things mm. which uh, you, you know is a very Leatherneck centric episode isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah you're, you're correct. You know, oh, yeah. And I think that's I think that's Obviously, the tape I had, you know, alongside um, in the presence of mine enemies, which were the re- the two big episodes I had as a kid. So is, that kind of formed the basis of what I like in those characters, you know, because I'm saying like you know, like with the episode my favorite things, you had Leatherneck, you know, the badass marine just kicking indoors and you know getting into a fist fight with Serpentor in the middle of a flooded out museum i'm thinking hmm. wow wow this is G- this is what gi joe's going on here you know <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um rob my friend what, right. what, what is your what, what tell, us, tell us about your favorite character all right fair enough um like when it comes to favorite characters i'm just going to touch on probably like two from both sides real quick um when i think about gi joe and the last stuff in the animated series and that deal and the aspect from what I've, you know, absorbed and taken in. I personally, one of my favorites, I'll just put it out there that he, he's kind of a supporting dude, but you know what? He's kind of a cool supporting dude. And, it's, and I'll just say Wild Bill is one of them. Hmm. Like, oh, Wild Bill is uh, yeah. Like, Wild Bill is like, he's not always like front and center, but he's also one of the 
one of the, you know, steadfast, trustiest, best pilots that the Joes have alongside, you know, some people, some people would say Ace, but now Wild Bill can also handle a dragonfly. And in the miniseries, the first one at least, he could definitely also fly a Sky Striker as well. So, you know what, the, mm-hmm. the dude's got some talent. So the, the dude's good in that regard. And he also got a good, fun episode of his own accord, which I'll probably touch on fully later for my own reasons of liking that episode. But, you know, so there's that. Another one, oh, I, I'm kind of torn between either uh, Quick quick Kick or um, Shipwreck, personally. Mm. Because Quick Kick, he, he's kind of this interesting, ca- this interesting foil to, uh, at least when he shows up to uh, Storm Shadow at that point in time. Mm. He's got legit martial arts skills that can put Storm Shadow to task, and it's like, damn, that's something. And then Shipwreck, Shipwreck, I would just put this down. He's 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 got some quirks. He's he's a little bit of an idiot at times, but you know what? He's also, as we've seen when the Joes go to Hollywood and that kind of deal, he's probably one of the Joes' best brawlers in hand-to-hand combat. Just watched that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, exactly, in that bar fight. Yeah, yeah he's, he's probably one of the best brawlers amongst them. Putting strength aside, putting strength aside. Uh, he also gets some really funny one-liners uh, in the episodes where he gets to, you know, spotlight. He's always always saying something sarcastic. Well, this will lead into a, a, a point that will make Ramsey's laugh, too. His double lack with Snake Eyes and the dancing routine in the Pyramid <laughs> of Darkness yes. is a spotlight for him as well. <laughs> for him and Snake Eyes. Say- there we go. I will say, Once Upon a Joe is another fantastic shipwreck episode. Oh yeah, that's a great one. I also like 21 yeah. Questions. That's, a, that's one of my favorites. 20 Questions, yeah. Also, yeah, also like... I, no place like Springfield. Can we just oh. stop abusing shipwreck? Can we just stop abusing him? Yeah, just, unfortunately, just, unfortunately just, not, it seems like. Just, 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 do, just, just do the prisoner. Just, just, just do the fucking prisoner with shipwreck. Though, I was going to say, though, to be honest, his introduction in The Revenge of Cobra was absolutely fantastic. Yes. He's oh, just yeah. sitting there read, read, reading a newspaper, laid back at his thing, having a cup of coffee and all that stuff. Yeah. And he's just like, uh, he's just oblivious to this barroom brawl, and it's just like, he's like, hey, what's going on here? Like yeah. You're not from around like, here, right? the desert. <laughs> you know, he watches Flint and uh, Mutt have a punch-up in a Cobra bar, and he's like, you're not from around here, are you? Nope. <laughs> yeah. As for the cobras, real quick. Ah, uh, let me think. I w- I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do Destro because why not? Destro is one of the other big cobra leaders behind the power behind Cobra mm-hmm. Commando or um, you know, Serpentor. And you know what? At the same time, sometimes he's he's dead on about shit when Cobra Commando is fucking up or Des or Serpentor is <laughs> messing around. Other times he also has his squabbles with Zartan, which are fucking hilarious too. Uh, often mm-hmm. yep. between them, between their back and forth, and then hey, the sin the sinfoid conspiracy two part of proves what happens when you push Destro too far or you tick him off. Legit. So yeah, that. Then there was the uh, then there was the skeletons in the closet episode when we find out he's related to Lady J. Ooh. Oh yeah, the one and where they go to Scotland and like yeah. <laughs> And he's got some sort of eldritch abomination hidden in his basement. Not the first, not the first time that happens. Not the, well, not the last time that happens, but that's one of the times that happens in the series. No, no, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, doesn't every uh, weapons uh, 
doesn't every arms dealer have an eldritch abomination hidden in the basement of the castle? Mm. Or, or does it, you know... He just comes up the castle. Or is that actually. something you have to... <laughs> or is that something you have to order separately? Who knows? I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's like, like that, that, that's like contractually obligated. It's like you have to have one. It's like, yeah, it's like checkmarked. Like, okay, I need, I, I, I need painting myself, Eldritch Horror in the basement, and I also need lots of mirrors. Hmm. Anyways, Max Panting Colted. That's the other thing. Yeah. What I was going to say yeah. anyways, is that with like most toy lines, you know, there's always like two or three villains I'm a re- really huge fan of. And with G.I. Joe, you know, I always think the Joes first. Unlike if we're talking Transformers, I'd probably say a couple of Decepticons to go, oh, and Bumblebee. You know? um, but I'm yeah. going to just throw it in here. I, maybe not as a toy, but definitely in the uh, animated series, I love Zartan. He has one of the coolest powers just yeah. to be able to impersonate everyone. Yeah, he's, he's fun. Yeah, he's a uh, lot of fun. He was probably my second one as well, so yeah. And um, the Dreadnoughts themselves are a lot of fun, especially in the animated one, where they're, they're a little bit Bebop and Rocksteady, but I'm kind of fine with that. And they're all specialized. you got your flamethrower yeah. guy, you got your like, chainsaw guy. It's great. And the, later rank, the later ranks have some more notable, uh, interesting characters than dumbasses alike, but you know, we can get to them in time, so... I do like them as their own little separate units. I mean, it was the uh, it's the Hollywood episode you mentioned earlier. I was just watching that one. It it just cuts to them, and they're in the middle of just like some bank robbery, and Cobra Commander's like, I'll pay you four times that to get our fire bat back. And he's like, all right, guys, let's just go. <laughs> they just leave the gold right there, and I'm like, you guys can take the gold, and... I could take the gold as well before I left. But... <laughs> can you pull? Yeah. Uh, but I like just how the, they're, they're a weird combination of actually legitimately threatening based on like their weaponry and what have you. And of course, Sartan could just sneak right into G.I. Joe headquarters and just shoot, you know, uh, General Hawk in the head um, if he really wanted to. Uh, but then also yeah. really good comedic foils to a lot of the other, because they just don't take anything seriously. They're just having fun, you know, causing chaos. And then I had the Destro and Zartan just getting on each other's nerves because they're very different points of view on how to deal. The, the business of crime is very different in terms of their points of view. And I, do enjoy those kind of like argument moments. There's yeah. one thing, Jared, that we need to, we definitely need an answer to in regards to the dreadnoughts. What? There are the, the argument they had in that one episode, or should I say, the weighty philo- philosophical debate: breath mint, candy mint. Mm. That's always in my book. It's a circumstantial okay. thing, but candy mints are delicious. So I'm going to probably lean on the candy mint side of things. Mind you, I just love that weighty philosophical debate scene because it's just literally the Dragnauts beating each other up in the most insane way possible over a mint. And and like I said, that's not about being like silly and stupid. They're their own. Wasn't it just like like Thracker just bringing in a cater and just battering the other Dragnauts with it? Before being drop kicked by monkey wrench, like, oh, what? Okay, sure. And then Zar- and Zartan's just like, you know what? I'll leave them to it, and I'll take this on my own. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's just like, yeah, yeah, they're they're engaged in philosophical debate. We'll leave them to it. <laughs> you yeah, know, it just kind of gives that mental image in your head that. You know, the the uh, mission is done, Zartan's headed back to the swamp base, they're still fighting. Yeah. Like, 
Candy mint. <laughs> mm. How about you for characters? What what's what's your deal going on? Oh man, all you guys already took all the best ones. Um, uh, if you were to ask me who my favorite characters are, like it's like it, like I always liked Flint. He's just, he's such a cool he's such a cool like you know every every dude like leader. So like, like for me, he's always in, he's always he's always in one of my favorites. Um, I always had a soft spot for CoverGirl. Like she's mm. under you guys, but I do. I, she's so underutilized, but I like like the I like the concept. Of, like she's a fashion model, she's a fashionista, but she's also like a good tactician. She's like she knows how to and she knows how to ride the Wolverine really well. And like she's and she's always in, when it, when they're always pairing her up with like all the other characters. She's always like the one's like oh she's like the voice. She's kind of like the voice of reason a lot of times. Yes, she is. She is the stability stability of the group. Yeah, so I, I do remember like with um <laughs> like in that episode where they're when in Hollywood. It's like yeah, she's the one. She's like. All right, so where if I was shipwrecked, where would I go? Oh, the seediest spot I can find. It's immediately in a fight. It's it's great. And torches and torches among and torches among the uh, the the bar brawlers as well. Oh. And then some other bigger biker biker dude just chucks him out of the window. So um so yeah, it, like I say, it's it's uh, like I she's she's always been she's always been like under under recognized. She does she does deserve a lot more recognition. She's a really cool character that they that they really need to like do a lot more of and. In terms of like cobras, I I I always like I said I've always had a soft spot for Zartan. Everybody like I said Zartan, um, Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow's been really is really cool too. It's just sometimes it's like, ooh, this is like but I look at him sometimes like, oh wow, this is totally something. They like everything about him is like, oh man, I would have not wrote, written this if this was twenty twenty. But I understand this is two, this is nineteen eighty six. On that point, because um, I'm talking with a uh, person in my life who happens to be of Asian descent. And I was like, you know, the one thing they did with voicing Storm Shadow is that they didn't make it the super over-the-top accent. If you go to, like, Super Ninja from, like, uh, Chuck Norris Karate Commandos, it's incredibly cringe. <laughs> Versus this, like, you can tell. And he's supposed to be from Japan. He's going to have a slight accent. And it's there, but it's not, like, goofy. And, um... We're, yeah. I'm just going to bring this up because the one that, like, kind of comes off a little cringe to me, and he did have kind of a rivalry with Storm Shadow for a while there, is uh, Spirit. And Spirit comes off a little cringy yeah. nowadays, and I'm like, I, I appreciate that there's a Native American character in here, but the way he's handled is a little, oof. Yeah, I will agree on that one too. Just like, uh, this is 1986, and like 1985, 1984. Like, he's acceptable, but at the same time, it's like it's a little bit on the nose nowadays. I get, I, I get what you mean. Looking back, kind of deal. Kind of like awkward now when you look back at like Airborne and Spirit and you realize Spirit is like listed as being so poor he doesn't even know he's poor. And then you've got Airborne who's also Native American and skydives for shits and giggles because he's oil rich. And you're like, ooh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, they're, 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 I mean um, like all that aside, there's there's a lot of great characters, and like I said, like another one you guys mentioned a lot of was um, Quick Kick. I keep forgetting it's like Quick Kick is so so unique where it's like he's he's of Asian descent and he's actually voiced by an, by the Asian by an Asian person as well, and like he's not treated as like a stereotypical Asian. And I really, I, I, in, in contrast, I I do really appreciate that they never treat him like you know as such. And like I like his character where he's just like this um. He's a he's a Hollywood guy, you know. He does all he does all stunt work, and he's all but he's also like cool and calm, kind of like Bruce. He's very Bruce Lee-ish, but you know, he's very Bruce Lee-ish. In a way. Got it. He's Bruce Lee meets Troy McClure. 
where he constantly like just drops exactly. stuff. Exactly. This reminds me of when I was in a movie where I had to do this stunt. And he's like, oh, can we do that here? Yeah, we totally could. It's like, okay. There's an interesting fact for you. In the Action Force comics, Quick Kick was actually trained by Shang Chi. Oh, wow. Ooh. Wow. There was, actually, there, was actually a, there was actually a comic story in the UK Action, action Force comics where uh, Quick Kick is just, you know, meditating after literally having his ass kicked and almost killed by Storm Shadow. And he's just reflecting and he's just harking back to, you know, his training through Shang-Chi. And, you know, you realize how, just how interconnected these two universes are because he's aware of, like, several other, like, Marvel villains, including Backdrop, the Leaper, and Elektra. Hmm. And it's like, holy, wow. Interesting. That is and, very, very interesting. Uh, and the thing, the thing is, the UK comics leaned more into the sort of, you know, he's this Asian descendant and victim of racism kind of oh. angle from the file cards. You know what I mean? Because I know in the in the file cards, it wasn't it like his father, one of his parents is like Japanese and his his other parents Korean. You know, and you know he's the son of him. He's the son. Yeah. Of, it's like he's the son of Korean immigrants, and his you know parents work. You know, run a mom and pop store. Yeah, and, yeah. And you know he's literally like he works there. He was a victim of bullying. He you know, used martial arts as a way to defend himself and learn discipline and, you know, help protect his parents who were victims of racism and robbery before getting into the movies and then but it leans more into the more serious side of things, which I think was that, you know, a more interesting take, you know, given the fact that the cartoon, yes, was more um comedic. You know, what was yeah. it, the sins of the part? There, there was that one episode where um Cobra finds out several Joe's family members and Quick Kick's parents are on there. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we see his, uh, you see his dad running a convenience store. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, they, I mean, it did sort of lean into that with the file card, but it is more of like, Quick Kick is more a pop culture spewing guy, isn't he? The cartoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. He's, he's Bruce Lee meets Troy McClure. Because he's just dropping like his own movies and stuff like that all the time. You, you know, on that point, you know, the animated series, you know, versus the comics, you you do have some points there of the comics should get a little more serious and bring up a lot more of the you know heavier issues than say in the um, animated series where we have certain television standards and say oh we, we can we can we can imply things but you can't straight up go and say oh you know his family's dealing with racism and stuff unless we're doing the very special. Racism is bad episode. Uh, But it's one of those things where, like, you still get these really strong personalities, regardless of which version. And they usually, you know, there's not a lot of, like, crazy divergence in terms of, you know, the personalities they gave these characters. And I think it's the personalities of the characters that really stick with us. You know, just to kind of wrap up this character segment, that when someone has, you know, some sort of quirk uh, or something like that that sticks with you, or even just being kind of like, you know, a good leader or... Uh, the, a funnier character, you know. I'm sure there's plenty of people who could go and have, you know, numerous comedic characters as their favorite characters, or the serious characters, or what have you. And I think that's one of the things that makes these this, this series so memorable. Is you have all these different personalities. It's not like, 
oh, I am Army Man. I too am Army Man. You know, it's like oh, I'm the I'm the guy who's gonna make all the jokes. I'm I'm the cool pilot. You know, I'm the dude of the dog. I'm you know the super serious lady. I'm I'm the fun loving lady. You know, we we have all these different personalities that you know, in many stories will clash, even on the Joe side of things. And I think that's one of those things that really makes yeah. this special. Before we look this up here, on the character front, and this, I know Robin mentioned it earlier on Wild Bill, and this is a funny thing, uh, that Action Force actually changed the nationalities of a lot of the characters, mostly to, you know, remove the sort of American influence and lean more towards British and European aspects. And one of the things I thought was actually quite interesting is Ricondo became an Australian Bushman. That makes sense. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah, he looks like an Australian Bushman. And the thing is, uh, I have to mention it because Robin mentioned this character. Wild Bill became a Yorkshireman. <laughs> what? 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 He has a cowboy hat. How does that work? Couldn't they just say he immigrated from America or something? No, 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 no. In U.S. continuity, Wild Bill is from Texas. Yeah. This makes sense. He's a cowboy. He's a country singer. You know, he wields he wields single action armies. You know, that's that's kind of the cool. That's kind of like his thing. And then you go to the British side of things, and it's like Wild Bill. He's from Hull, Yorkshire. Okay, that's what. <laughs> God. Oh my God. And yeah, and one of the other things that also made me. WTF a few times was that Mutt became Scottish. I'm like, what? Admittedly, in the animated series, I do love his Boston accent. So, I, 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 have, I have no comment for that. So. It's like Tripwire became French. That was, but I do kind of wish they'd leaned more into the fact that he's a uh, clumsy idiot in the cartoon series that his. Uh, you know his file card put him down as yeah the guy who the guy who's supposed to like find your final mind is gonna trip over his own feet and just blow himself up not really the guy you want on the squad you know <laughs> what what the specialist who's really good at this not the like well he's really good if he doesn't screw up when if he screws up what happens he you or someone else is gonna get blown up oh you know what, you know what um is um is someone else available? At least Snake Eyes, is he available right now to help us out? Or no, no, he's off on another mission? Okay, dang it. Um, who else we got on the roster? I need someone else. Is Dusty available? Is Dusty available? I need a comic relief. In Tripwire's file card that he lit... In Tripwire's file card, he literally got uh, kicked out of the... He got literally got kicked out of a Zen monastery for dropping dishes. And apparently, according to his Battle Action Force profile, he's, he's actually born in Swansea, Wales, and he says, Tripwire worries many of his Action Force colleagues. He's always clumsy, jittery, and dropping things, except when working with high explosives. Apparently, only explosives calms him down. Personality quirks. Mm, so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's... Uh, but then again, I think it's that sort of, like, comic uh, personalities. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a character trait. You know, you don't want to trip tripwire the guy who who uh, diffuses Cobra's explosives. Yeah, we can't trust him bringing bringing you a soda because he'll drop it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. What were we up to again, Ramses? 
Well, we, 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 well, we, well, okay, so apparently we have here, like, we guys like more Cobra Commander versus Serpentor, but we can discuss this later. Favorite Cobra Commander, favorite G.I. Joe leader commander, we're going to discuss a lot about that. Okay, so why don't we talk about this? Favorite era of G.I. Joe? In Brave Fish, in a sense, but yeah, you know. For me, I would say, I would go first and just throw it out there, that personally... 80s-ish era around the time real American hero came, came out kind of thing, I would say. Because then because then the 90s, and it looks like it's weird, and then some of the other things as well. I would say, So I'd say probably the 80s up until some of the mid-90s point, because if you technically include the spin-off of uh, the very tangent, tangentially connected action man in a sense, that could be counted as well, but yeah, that's all I'll say on that in that regard. Yeah. So. Um, so um, how about now, how about you? Um, how about you, Jared? Where, 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 where do you stand on the on the, in the continuity and the in the eras of the IK? Okay, well, I think it <clears throat> goes without saying that you know everyone loves real American hero. Uh, one of the things that surprised me, you know, just going back and rewatching some of those episodes, is like how like intricate these plot lines are. You know, it's not like the whole, oh no, Cobra's polluting the river. Let's go beat them up. You know, it it literally is like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a feint in order to. Uh, Cobra here so that then we can then trap Cobra Commander. Like, like oh, these are actually thinking things through, and I really do like that. In terms of animated stuff, you know, I, I think the um, Sig- uh, Sigma... Shoot. Uh, of course, I forget its title. Sigma, Sigma six, 6. I think had, had some value. They're trying to do mm. some new things with it. The, the toys, you know, can be its own discussion, but for an animated series, they're trying to do some new stuff and try to moder- modernize G.I. Joe, and I, I think it, there's a little hit, there's a little miss there, but I, I think it's kind of an underrated thing, and... Uh, the one series that I loved, it, it as its own continuity, I like it more conceptually, I think, and it's it's unfortunate I never got like a season two or anything, but I really enjoyed Renegades, and the the concept of that of like yeah. Cobra is basically already won. It was kind of the thing I liked. Ugh, it, as much as the movie is not that great of a movie, um, in GI Joe Retaliation, I liked the concept of like Cobra having like so much control and like the Joes are fighting an uphill battle is you know to go to the real american hero era cobra just has this obscene amount of money to finance these insane plots of world domination um you know and but but it takes those long you know the the four you know, three four part stories where you really have joe's like sitting there going like oh gosh how are we going to defeat this new super weapon or this new whatever um you go to like the single story episodes and you know it was not a joke per se but they're not like Super threatening. I, I could bring up some episodes. We'll, we'll, well, I'm sure we'll talk about episodes and stuff another time or what have you. But I like Cobra feeling like they're a threat. And when you have Cobra having a lot of power, whether it is politically or financially or whatever, in a way that is like part of people's lives, not just there's this mysterious terrorist organization that worships snakes that, you know, has whole snake temples and all that kind of stuff. They're a weird semi cult that's super rich versus you know, having a political voice or a financial voice in the world where, you know, it feels like you can't beat them. They're, they're just too entangled. And I love that conceptually more so than just, you know, think terrorists. If you said, oh, you have to sit down and watch one of the shows or you have to read a comic from a specific era, I'm going to go with the 80s just because there's something iconic about it. I love the voice cast in the TV show. I mean, you have the classic Larry Hama stories. There's a lot of things there that are just awesome and really made modern modern's the wrong word for it but whatever made the the that time period forward the new version of gi joe from just you know action doll to like 
kick-ass team of, of dudes and ladies. Um, that's the time that set that tone and everything has been trying to kind of build off that tone. You know, no one's going back to the, the old doll and going like, how can we make this, this a, a thing? Like we, we made it a thing, you know? And we even took that doll and put him into the group as Joel Coulson. So you even have that as well. Um, definitely, definitely that, if that <laughs> answers the question in a very long and drawn out way. Well, uh, well, to be honest, I, my era, you know, was sort of like late the uh, the end of the eighties and start of the nineties. You know, when I was a kid, but um, when I was an a teenager and adult, you know, I got back into GI Joe through the sort of Joe versus Cobra era. You know, I was the one collecting. You know, the the um, the start of the GI Joe. This is Cobra toy line when they first came back in the, what, 2002, was it? 2003? 2001. 2001, you know, that sort of like, yeah, the Flint versus Baroness and seeing that mm -hmm. uh, anime inspired Flint again and the return of the O-Rings with those uh, chunky, chunky body parts and that uh, Duke in the, uh, t Duke with the um, looking like a generic army dude, I'm thinking. Okay, okay, this is, you know, the relaunch of G.I. Joe for a new generation, a new era. You know what I mean? Hmm. All right. It's like taking what, we've, what we used to know and love about G.I. Joe, sort of like modernized it a little bit. And, yeah. uh, you know, I followed, it, I followed it through this sort of like the G.I. Joe vs. Cobra, Spy Troops, Valor vs. Venom. DTC. Sadly, you know, 25th never came over here, but we did get uh, Rise of Cobra, and, you know, that was a thing uh, uh, for a while. I mean, yeah, it was a good... I've watched the movie, I collected the toys, and I did enjoy it. I mean, you know, I know we can probably go into depth in a future episode, but there was just something about that um, sort of 10 minutes into the future look aesthetic to it if you know what i mean yeah 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 yeah. a perfect that, that was a, that's actually a perfect example of that's a perfect way of describing it i mean to be honest i know a lot of people were a bit iffy about the whole sort of black armored bodysuit look to the gym yeah, but really no i think it was also uh, but to me it was sort of leaning on to the already existing you know new superhero trope you know what we were seeing in tv shows and movies at the time Especially with the uh, you know the relaunch um, Marvel universe. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was the thing that was in vogue, especially with like X Men, the movie X Men at the time and whatnot. Yeah, I, 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 there was just something though about it, you know, that sort of like high tech body armor, and you know the it was sort of modern but sort of slightly future, slightly futuristic without being too futuristic, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it has one, it has one, it has one foot clearly like in the present, but also it has it's looking toward the future as well. Yeah, it has the sort of like okay, futuristic then of the high tech satellites and surveillance technology, and then you had Cobra running around with lasers and um, you know vent, you know the nanotech troops, mm. and then you had the girls running around in high tech body armor. Yeah. I would love to get into a long, drawn-out discussion about the movie. They're, like I said, they're, I both movies aren't particularly good, but there's definitely aspects of both. Um, 
I saw the trailer and I saw the the power armor stuff or whatever you want to call it. I just looked at it and go like, Ugh, why would you do GI Joe? You're into these cool people with all these specialized skills. But in the movie, it actually works for like you said, like the way the the Cobra soldiers are being handled and the bursting that and doing like a superhero kind of thing. Which I mean, let's face it, the Joe team are more or less superheroes uh, with terrible accuracy. <laughs> but they you know almost never get hurt. If they do, you know, even if they take a snake to the heart, they're just in a coma for a while. So you know, pretty tough yeah. dudes yep. and ladies. Yeah, yeah. some some uh, some are more played and superheroish like than others, but you know, depending on what they all do in line anyway. So you know. Alrighty, so uh, I already I already gushed over what my what mind is. So I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip my answer. So um, uh, let's see. Okay, when when we when we get when we get this argument done, because apparently people have this argument. Okay, so what? So what? 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 What do you guys? So what do you guys? What, so where do you guys stand? Are you Team Cobra Commander or Team Serpentor? Jerry? First, yeah, sure. Oh. Um, I'm gonna go Cobra Commander. Serpentor, I think, is more threatening um, as a villain. But there's something about just old school Cobra Commander, like his look. I think is what I love. I love the fact that he has that executioner's hood look, and then he has like the armored helmet look, depending if he's going into battle or he's just hanging out at the base. Um, I like just the aesthetic, especially if you go to the uh, toys where you had, you know, the commander and then, you know, the, the troopers and stuff. And they had this, these cool looking blue uniforms that I just I just kind of dug. In addition to that, mm. that voice, <laughs> that super high raspy voice. And, you know, I'm not going to give too many spoilers away from the uh, the animated movie, but, you know, I was a man. I was a man. <laughs> I don't know. Something, what? something about that is very oh, the way he'd hiss his words too. There's little things like that that just stand out. In terms of like intimidation, I feel Serpentor is definitely on another level in terms of intimidation, especially because you know he's created to be like the ultimate evil man. Um, but he also just even his look and stuff just looks a little more intimidating than dude in a hood or 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 metal helmet. But I don't know something something about the Cobra Commander always just works for me, even for his stupidest plans. He's still just kind of. Something about him just works in a, a toyetic way. Yeah. I mean, to further Jared's point, I'm definitely more Cobra Commander because, and I'm going to have to say this, you know, then you've also, follow on from that, don't forget you've also got Battle Armor Cobra Commander from 87, which, you know, took what we loved about Cobra Commander and put it on his head. You know, he's now walking around in like a full-on Darth Vader power suit of armor with a freaking machine gun, and it's like, whoa. Yeah. And then, you know, you look at later incarnations of Cobra Commander, like later on in the Marvel comics, the IDW comics, the uh, Devil's Do comics, and even uh, G.I. Joe Resolute were talking, you know, an absolute madman that was not afraid to put a bullet in his own troopers for failing him. Yeah, I get that, you know, the uh, 1980s cartoon was couldn't really go for that absolute <laughs> ma maniacal death plot. But, you know, I think that's where the sort of comics filled in that gap and, you know, later cartoons where they could sort of get away with that death plot. Yeah, uh, and just going back to, Res you know, the start of Resolute way, you know, it's like you got Cobra Charlie Adler's Cobra Commander just saying, yeah, I murdered Major Blood for failing me. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah. Nothing, because I nothing, because I, I I'll, I'll do the same thing to you, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like now you know the price of failing me. Okay, 
<laughs> yeah, I, and I think that's the about you know, you either get the kind of Cobra Commander or the I cut his heart out for failing me. Now what? All right, um, Rob. I would also side with Cobra Commander because, in my opinion, going off the animated series, at least in that regard, Serpentor is, to put it simply, he he's an upstart, arrogant, full of himself, P.O.S., basically. He's this all higher, mighty Cobra Emperor. He basically turned Cobra Commander into a literal Starscream, and Serpentor becoming the equivalent of a Megatron all of a sudden, out of the blue, out of nowhere, who was created by Dr. Mindbender. So you know what? F that noise. And also, F you, Mindbender, and Globulus for all that BS to begin with. So you know what? Cobra Commander. Cobra! Um, yeah, same here, Cobra Commander, especially since the fact that it's like, one of the things, it's like, well, like I'm looking at this from like two different, from two different perspectives. I'm looking from the perspective of the, I'm looking at this from the perspective of the, of the TV show where it's like, yeah, I can see why they would make a Serpentor. In the, in the in the in the in the in the cartoon, because like yeah, he is kind of a bumbling fool and, and kind of an idiot. But then you look at the you look at the comic books and you're like, oh wow, this guy is like a legit threat, and you decided to like not do that anymore. Oh, yeah. What they find a good way, they find an interesting way to like you know go get around that in the comic books. I won't say anything much because I think that's another that's another discussion for another time. Mm-hmm. But they find a way to like. Maybe they find a way to skirt around the issue of like uh, making Cobra Commander look weaker without making him look weaker, particularly. So like that. So for me, yeah, it's like it, it, I look at it like you know, I look at it as like yeah, it's Cobra Commander. He's he's just so iconic. It's so so awesome. So that's it. That that's that's my pick right there. Um, let me skip around here. So what um, what is everybody so like? What's everybody's like favorite like episode that they've seen so far? They remember fondly and stuff like that. So. Uh, why don't, you, why, don't you just, why don't you get us started with it? I, I, I'm going to have to lean back into sort of uh, into my nostalgia here, but I think it would have to be the two videotapes I watched as a kid, and I watched them a lot. I mean, the first being My Favorite Things, which was a great Serpentor origin episode, if you know what I mean, and I wish mm-hmm. that, you know, that have used that storyline further in the episodes, you know, like what happened to that snake he got, the whole kind of like, the, the you know, the changing faith gimmick that he had in the episode. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, he'd pick up, he'd pick up Skull Splitter, the battle axe, and then his face had changed to uh, Ulrich the Batterers, and it was like, okay, that was cool. The other episode was sort of like um, In the Presence of Mine Enemies, which was a great uh, slipstream episode. Yeah, that was the one where he got shot down over that by the Raven, the Cobra, the Cobra pilot over that uh, abandoned Cobra. Base. Oh yeah, that's and, one of my most favorite episodes as well. I remember that one as well. That's just a good slipstream episode, honestly. And it's kind of like the two of those being forced to work together while being hunted down by literally an army of Terminators. Yeah, bats, and also a uh, monster in the base. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And also at the same time, it's like at the end of the episode, it's like Raven gets so ticked off with Cobra, it's like, F this, I'm drawing the Joes. And it's like, great. Move on, girl. Move on to a better faction. So, you know. I think it's a, I think feels a kind of re- real. I'm not going to bring up any specific episode, mm-hmm. but one of the tropes Sorry. I like in the series is when you have like a Joe and a Cobra like in a situation where they have to work together in order to survive. 
and and you just get those moments of like you know, humanity from a cobra person but also the point of like seeing the opposite points of view having to work together to do something i've always loved that trope they do it several episodes in that series and obviously other you know 80s and 90s cartoons you could definitely find your episodes of that because apparently i'm just a huge fan of the movie enemy mine but <laughs> i've always liked that that kind of concept going through and i think those episodes where they're forced to work together or even if you have like you know kind of people even considering am i on the right faction I'll always make for some interesting kind of discussion episodes and what have you hmm. that episode's funny is that raven's like hey the bats are here i'm saved you know you're screwed joe wait why are the bats shooting at me hey i'm on your side because dr mindbender doesn't give a shit so you know what statement of the year realize, and then raven is raven realizes quickly that cobra doesn't care yep oh crap especially when it's, yeah, it's like oh oh but yeah and i think you know that it was also that that whole kind of like um you know i think the um miniseries also hold the two miniseries do hold special places the original ones because you know mm-hmm. The first, yeah, the first, well, as I said, you know, the miniseries, you know, they, the first one, you know, the Mass Device, it's our introduction to G.I. To G. Joe and Cobra, you know, you, there's a lot of the early concepts there, which were cool, you know, and and then by um, Revenge of Cobra, we've got new Joes, the concept's been revised, we've got G.I. Joe's cemented now. I feel out of the two, the second miniseries holds up a little bit more better than the first one, admittedly, though. Honestly? Yeah, yeah. You know, Revenge holds up better than the the mass device saga. I think you have a general point here, though. though, In the first one, you can see that the idea is, like, there. But, yeah, a lot of the personalities aren't quite as cemented as they would be. And once you get into Revenge of Cobra, those personalities are set. We get some new characters who are great and had a lot of uh, more uh, humorous dynamic to to the team. So yeah, I I I think I kind of uh... don't forget you've also got Cover Girl who changes from blonde to the uh, brunette she was later yeah. on. You know, but but she is a model, yeah. so she might change her look yeah. or whatever. And, we can we can explain that one. Terms <laughs> of look changes, but you've also got you've also got Cobra Commander's voice being much lower and raspier than what he would have in later episodes as mm. well. You know, and Destro's voice being slightly different to what we get in the series. You can, like I say, you can see in uh, the Mass Device where where they were going, what the direction was. Uh, uh, so, um, uh, Jerry, quickly, what, what, where, uh, what, what's, your, what's your favorite episode? Uh, okay, so favorite episodes is hard to kind of do uh, for me because. I do like episodes that have like a stronger plot or, you know, what have you, and the threat feels real, like, like, you know, Pyramid of Darkness. But I think my favorite episodes tend to be the ones that are like on the cheese side of things, you know, uh, Cold Slither or um, the fast food restaurant episodes, you know, stuff like that always kind of will stand out to me just because I love the, this is the dumbest plot ever. And somehow it kind of works for a while. And an episode I believe you introduced to me, uh, Rams, which was the one where they do the old, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Viper episode uh, without actually displaying that episode. Uh, that was a great one. We're like, oh, well, we've this information. We know we'll, we'll strike this base because that's what's probably what they're referring to. And now they're going on this bald goose chase. And just, I love those kind of silly 
know, this plot is dumb, but the show knows it is, and it's just having fun with it. And you're like, whatever. Today they're gonna you know, put in. They're trying to make this formula that's oh, gonna make that plants episode. grow out of control. I love that and you're like, okay, movies. cool. Let's roll with it. So for me, that's kind of my thing. Is that you know, as much as I love the miniseries, and um, you know. I love the over-the-top, you know, the weather dominator level. Like, this is this is such a dumb thing. How are we going to defeat the weather dominator? Mirrors? Okay. <laughs> it's like, sure, why not? Yeah, because they, they go boom and Cause break we need apart one over the world. Shape. Yep. Um, Rob, your, 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 your favorite episodes. Hmm? Yeah. Episode? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, boy. Um... Where the reptiles roam is this one that always sticks out to me because that's probably one of the first 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 ones I saw, and there's a few reasons for that. And I've said kind of to Ramses and Aaron before in the past and all that. But that's a fun, dumb episode. But at the same time, it's also an episode where it takes at least three joys and puts them out of their element. Where you know what for for Lady J and Bazooka and Alpine, they're a little bit out of the element for, for Wild Bill being the fourth man on the team and the leader of the team at that point in time. He's all at home in Texas and all that kind of deal. And Cobra? They're just not really seemingly doing much, but at the same time, it's like, no, they actually want this microwave beam-controlling satellite that's for solar power generation, but it can actually fuck up the world and set fire to a uh, Cities and forests and crap, and that's a very relevant thing nowadays and all that kind of thing with forest fires and all that kind of deal going on in some places in the world that are just ravaged places. To imagine if Cobra had that kind of power, oh boy, would that be something. Boy, would that be something to see like someone do that kind of deal on that kind of scale. Um, What else? Uh, it's it, two, two others I'll mention super quick. Oh, that's a great one. Countdown for Zartan is just... That's just funny. That's just a plague of comedies for Zartan having a really, yep. really bad day. Really bad day. And just trying to get this job done of bombing this one defense center to get rid of all these computer records that could expose Cobra wide open. And it's like, nope, I tried, but nope, I didn't get the job done because things happened. Effort. And then he tries to get out, and just all, just all goes horribly wrong for him. And uh, the other one, because why not? And this is a very notable episode. Yeah. Yeah. The Games Master. The Games Master is just one of those gems of an episode, I would call it, simply put. It is just something that is so different. This one wacky, giant, psychopathic yeah. man-child, as I've called him before, to Ramsey's, I believe. He is just he is just out of his mind in a sense, but he's also obviously kind of in, kind of saying at the same time to pull off all that stuff and hide, capture four crucial people to these two organizations in the end, and then practically gets them all to figure out in, in little bits and pieces while they're fighting for their lives on their on his island. Hey, where have these guys gone? Cobra hasn't got them. Judge hasn't got them. Wait, who has got them? Wait, this dude's got them. Okay, fine. Let's go after him and lay waste to his island and uh, get him back and all that yep. kind of deal. You know? It's just wacky, that whole episode. It forces Cobra and G.I. Joe to, like, fully u unite against this other dude who has at least a, a sizable army or a force. You know? It's just great. Anyway, Ramsey. Um, Two in particular that stand out. The first one, it, the first 
The first one, I, the first one, because like I like it's the stupid things I, that that I love about these uh, the stupid little things I love about GI Joe, yeah. and the first one is Cold Slither, <laughs> and there's this particular scene I love in Cold Slither that that always amuses me so much when I see it. It's just like, like Cobra Commander's like, I'm broke, but like how can I be broke? Well, you were broke, but you wasted all the money. Now, now all our employees are have to go for unemployment benefits. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so you mean to tell me? These guys, this terrorist organization, has like a w, has like a has like a four hundred one k and health benefits. The wonder these guys are, the these guys are willing to like go at at each other. Look, I'll I'll throw it out there, even though it's a different continuity. Uh, Bob, agent of Hydra, joined because of the dental plan. So, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Cobra's like, we have great benefits. Join Cobra today. Yes, he blue uniform. That just reminds me of Cobra Thon when Cobra is also broke again and they start hot they start asking people for money via TV. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Uh, I'm thinking, who are who are Cobra asking money from? Are like other terrorists? Are you asking like o- Odar Gaddafi for like money? <laughs> um, um but the other one the other one the other one that always that always tickles me pink. Is Ladies in the Night? It's a it's a good episode as is. It's about the uh, quick kick who he, he finds this girl like he likes, but like this girl like they they don't they don't trust the twisted those don't trust her, and then eventually figures out like oh she was actually she was actually telling the truth all this time. But one of the things I like is in the episode it's like it's literally the most like preposterous thing that you can think of for Cobra. It's like Cobra's like I'm gonna put my face on the moon, and literally this was like wait wait we're doing all of this. Just so you can fuck fucking graffiti on the fucking moon? With a laser. With a laser. With a laser that can do, we can do anything else in the universe, but you're gonna oh, amazing his people don't rebel against him more often. <laughs> yep. That's why Chippendale did that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like that that but you're you're expect when it comes to the tech, you're expected that. You're just like, oh my god. But the like like they you actually follow through with it on, on, on here? But I love the fact that they pointed out, leaving me like, really, dude? Really, my dude? You can do anything you can with, with this amazing I was going to say, mind you, Danny, right. another crazy episode just sprang to mind. The Great Alaskan Land Rush, where Cobra pretty much becomes... Oh, Lord. Oh, that's a dumb episode. I just... I just... Yep. Yeah. Cobra Commander yeah. pretty much buys Canada. <laughs> <laughs> because it... <laughs> Because he owns some uh, royal ar- ar- artifacts. Like, yeah, I own it now. Like, okay. Because it's a dumb episode that I just kind of like was like, yeah, I just kind of locked yeah. out of my memory and just with these moved on from it. Puts a big dumb but, you know, on my face but... because, like, this is you know, like I said, these are the episodes I love where the the plot is just what? <laughs> Why? And like. I'm fine with that. Let's let's, let's roll. Let's let's choose the dumbest plot possible. And let's go with it. You know, I, I you uh, uh now we 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 got all over the place, but like I think we better like winding down here really quick here. So, um, oh man, I'm I'm stumped by anything else. We can go for one last for one last question. Um, do you do you have anything you want to like bring up before? Like, anything else you want to bring up? Uh, not particularly too much. I just think that you know, as, as a final thing, like. What about just like dumb or silly little moments, kind of in like as in like a put in the outline or the little ideas I kind of threw to the wind or whatever, like because that could be kind of fun. Like 
dumb, stupid moments that we remember from the show for like whatever reason that would be sort of a final little final thing to touch on them that, you know? Well, I, we already I kind of I kind of already said mine, so I don't I, I'm I'm excluding myself from that one. Yeah, well, I touched on like one of it earlier, for example, like I touched on something earlier, like you know, like shipwreck and snake eyes doing their dance thing in the uh, pyramid of darkness stuff and all that, and shipwreck getting into a barb world and all that kind of thing. Earlier, another funny thing I like about that episode is like he's like scamming yes. the fuck out of the director, like, oh yeah, you need this, you need that, you need all this. Yeah. On the pyramid of darkness thing, uh, when they're at the little like cobra bar, and just snake eyes starts doing break dancing. I started busting up like uncontrollably. I was like, "That is the funniest thing of all characters who know how to break dance amongst the Joes." It's freaking Snake Eyes. I always, I always say it's like, okay, the, the comic book Snake Eyes. Like, I always say he's like, you know, yeah, he's he's a trained ninja and all that and all that stuff. And the and the, and the cartoon continuity, I just think he's just like a dude, a jack of all trades. He just knows how to do all that shit. So that's my interpretation. Did, didn't he get didn't he get Timber Timber involved doing that shit as well on stage? I can't remember. Yes. Yeah, he got Paul, he got Polly and he got Polly and um and Timber to like do the do the can can dance. Um, so on the point of, of Timber and Polly, uh, the, all the pets, Timber, Polly, Junkyard, um, I just liked having this these animals that they have there, and all the animals are super you know beyond like what it you know Polly just full on it, like isn't just just can mimic like you know obviously like something like a cobra soldier says or what have you but can also just make all the smart ass comments and the whole you know just like get me out of here Rock. <laughs> like, okay. yeah or like, or like trying to open that door is like that's the thing that got them through the security system like hey cobra commander the great snake rules forever i'm fine with that um obviously you know uh, you know, junkyard and timber have been very useful in you know, finding spies and and things like that. And I don't know, I just like the animal aspect of it. I think it just kind of makes some of the characters a little more interesting having their your pet run around, whether it's a wolf, a dog, a bird, what have you. And uh, you yeah. know, it's just yeah. uh, it's one of those things. I'm like, I know this is here for kids. This is here for like the kids going like, okay, we're going to have some dark subject matter. Let's have the parrot say something silly, or you know, oh, we have some some dark subject matter. Oh, let, let the dog do something cute, you know. But at the same time, I just thought it was kind of those cool things. I'm like, yeah, you know, canine units are a thing uh, for a reason. You know, you could train dogs to do a lot of stuff, whether they're, they're sniffing for bombs or sniffing for weapons or what have you. Dogs are really good at stuff. And, uh, you know, comedy relief bird is always going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same deal with, like, law and order. Apparently they try to have uh, or one of them drive the car, but it didn't work out, you know, and that whole deal. But, you know. Um... Aaron, any, any, any closing thoughts? Anything about anything stupid? Anything crazy you want to talk about from the VI Joe that sticks out in your mind? An interesting fact uh, that I, I read uh, recently was did you actually know why Sergeant Slaughter was rebranded to Sergeant Slammer in the UK and Europe? I assume it's something to do with the. Was it because of the, the use of the word Slaughter? It was actually F at the time. Actually. Actually, no, it wasn't because they had the uh, Hasbro WWF figure out at the time. Okay. It was actually down. It was actually down to um, parents group. What was the name? It was mm. slaughtered. Mm. Much, yeah. much, much in the similar way in the UK, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was deemed too violent, and thus nunchucks and all that were deemed too violent. Parents groups. And Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yep. Instead. Yep. Yes. 
and mm -hmm. why Michelangelo was given a grappling hook instead of his nunchucks. Um, yeah, parents group deemed Sergeant Slaughter to be too violent for kids in 1987, so Palatoy Slack Hasbro changed the name to Sergeant Slammer. Still ties into like the wrestling, you know, kind of thing too, so it kind of works. And then they, yeah. and then that's why if you actually watch some Action Force episodes, they actually have to redub Sergeant Slaughter over with Sergeant Slammer. All right. Like I said, like I already said, already said my stupid stuff. So it's like I'm, I'm, I'm excluding myself from this conversation. So, um, let me put things off with like one last thoughts on on GI Joe in general, the, the general franchise in general. So, um, Aaron, why don't you give us like a final, like your final thoughts on 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 GI Joe for right now? Well, what what is there to really say about GI Joe that hasn't been said by you know many 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 people over the years? I mean, it has been a major part of um you know pop culture from the 1980s to now you know it's lasted you know over 50 years now i think if you count then you know the original dolls from the 1960s you know we're getting on to what 70 maybe 80 years yeah pretty much yeah you know and 40 i mean and 40 years of uh gi you know a real american hero and it's great to see, you know, G.I. Joe coming back for a, for a new line of fans and collectors, not only through the retro collection and the O-ring stuff and, you know, the new G.I. Joe versus Transformers crossovers, but also classified. Mm. You know, that's... Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, and it's great to see not only that, but Valiverse has brought back, uh, you know, G.I. Joe through its, through that line, you know. It was Skeletron bringing back the um, re the uh, Red Shadows again, and you know, right? Uh, what was it? Oh, Fresh Monkey Toys bringing back through bringing back the Red Shadows through their toy lines as well. Mm -hmm. So you know, whether it's actual GI Joe through Hasbro and classified and retro, or whether you're going more the European route through um, you know. Valiverse, Fresh Monkey Fiction, or Galatron Secret Lab. It's a great time to be an adult, you know, six-inch collector. And I'm actually yeah. glad we're actually getting, you know, all these nods back to the 80s, but also bringing it up to date with, you know, new characters, new concepts, and things like that. Hmm. Um, Derek? Your final thoughts on the in general and GI Joe. When I was rewatching episodes, there's upon? something that kind of occurred to me that I never thought about before. What you have with GI Joe, and, and even though there's a little bit of cringe back in the '80s, you have a team made up of like people of different backgrounds, different cultures, all coming together as like a force for good. And you know, it, it's it's diversity without being like, oh, this is our black Joe, and this is our Asian Joe, and this is our. They don't do that. It's just these are the Joes. So, and and I was thinking while well, watching a few episodes, yeah. I think one of the episodes I didn't bring up in my favorites one is one where Baroness gets a hold of this like gemstone thing that allows her to control men's minds, which you know, is a great episode where just the ladies get to kick each other's asses. Um, but the women aren't like oh, I am someone's love interest and that's as much as I can do as my personality. Or, yeah, I fight, but I'm, I'm essentially Tila. I just get, you know, I'm going to be overshadowed by Man-at-Arms and Orko and etc. And uh, Scarlet is for, forefront in a lot of episodes. She's oftentimes a commander and she's a badass. You know, uh, 
Supergirl is like the voice of reason when you have a bunch of eccentric Joes working together. You have a Lady J flying around and blowing stuff up, making jokes, flirting with you know Flint a little bit and things like that. You have, you know, Jinx later on who has kind of her own thing going on and her, you know, more complicated backstory and what have you. And then, you know, even the Baroness isn't just Destro's girlfriend. You know, she has her own plots, her own schemes, her own power. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of never noticed that as a kid. And, you know, as an adult, I can go back and see that and go, oh, wow, this is just a whole bunch. Of... But they're not like, oh, this is our girl person. This You don't get that RC effect of, and here's our pink, you know, motorcycle. You know, you, you have... These characters who have their own personalities, their own yeah. backstories, their own skills, and how everyone comes together. And it's not about, you know, you know, where you're from or whether you were poor or rich or whether you were a, you know, uh, a, an officer or a, uh, an, you know, an enlisted or what have you, uh, whether you are an immigrant or you were you know, born here. None of that stuff matters. What matters is that we're fighting for good or you know, side of Cobra that we worship snakes and want to take over the world. You know, <laughs> we, we have a shared goal and a shared vision. And I love that. And, and you know, that was you know how the toys were made. It's how the comic was handled and, and animation, you know, came from the toys in the comics. So you have that idea there without it feeling forced or fake. It, these all feel like legitimate people, a little, you know, cranked up to 11 in a few cases. Yeah, basically the cohesion yeah. as a unit kind you of thing you made. Them as yeah, their own basically. Separate, you know, things. Shipwreck yeah. is shipwreck. What, what, what his you know, personal backstory and stuff is, is who he is, but he is his, still his own character, just like Snake Eyes is his own character. They're not homogenized in any way, and they're not, no one is lesser than anyone else. You know, it's just as valid to say that your favorite character is yeah. uh, Alpine as it is to say your favorite character is Bazooka or your favorite character is... Uh, you know, snake eyes or whatever, you know, are certain characters more popular? Certainly. But there is nothing that says that one character is any less than another character. And, or the same thing on the Cobra side of things. If your favorite thing is the twins, cool. If it's Destro, cool. If it's Baroness, if it's uh, Zartan, the Dreadnoughts, Serpentor, or whatever, they're all their own individual characters, and no one is really better than anyone else, uh, per se. You could argue that some but people are not as effective <laughs> as others. Uh, but you can't go and say that, like, oh, I like you know, this character, and that's wrong, because that character sucks always, and everyone hates, you know, everyone's going to like a different character. Everyone's going to find someone to relate to. It, think about all the, all the other 80s cartoons and find something that really has that kind of reach, where everyone who watches is going to have different favorites, different people they relate to, and etc. That's amazing, and, and it, it was designed to sell toys. <laughs> I was going to say, and then if you think about it, Jared, you have, like, you know, in the comics and early on in, throughout the Joe cartoon, you have, you know, black characters actually be, you know, major players throughout the series. I mean, Stalker, you know, the first black G.I. Joe field commander, you know, he's really good at his job. He's a skilled combatant. You know what I mean? Then you got Roadblock. One of my favorites. In the season one with Cartoon. I'd like a top five. He'd probably he'd easily be in the top five. Alpine. Alpine Stalker. I mean, who's the, who's the other dude? Um, Zap or whatever? Um, there's Doc. Season two yeah. brought in uh, uh, Iceberg, who got a good number of episodes in season two. Yeah. You know, and they were, they were treated as, look, these are highly trained, competent people. These are good at their job. They know what they're doing, you know. And even if going back to Red Rocket's glare, you know, you see uh, 
roadblock scrapping with the Cobra biker gang and, you know, saving his family's business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I was going to say, um, so, Rob, any last thoughts before we, before we head out? Uh, with regards to closing thoughts on G.I. Joe and I kind of thing, I mean, I don't have as many big in-depth thoughts kind of thing with regards to that end because I don't have that level of deep level of super invested or, or time with it kind of thing as I do with something else like a Transformers or something else or something other series or franchises basically. But I mean, it'd be nice if you continue on and they can see what they can figure out what they do in the future going forward. Like find something that works and kind of keep something stable or interesting in regards to new interpretations of the characters and things. Basically, right. I'll say. All right, all right. Yeah, for me, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's. There's just so much that we can talk about, and there's just so much that that we that there's just so much depth to the GI Joe franchise itself. We only touch upon like a very few things. We touch very, very briefly on the comic book. We touch a lot on the cartoon, a lot on the toys, but there's just so much more to to GI Joe that's like you know that we would like, again we would need like another episode or two just to like get through and you know. That would be great, like down the down the road, if we can get so we can get like you guys and, and more things going to to um warrant another episode. But mm-hmm. you know, for a toy yeah. line and Jared made the point, like a, for a toy line for a, for a toy line that literally like the, this cartoon was made to sell toys, and above all else, it was built to it wasn't built to sell the actual toys. It was actually built to sell the vehicles. So when the when the characters are are all awesome, and I kind of wish we had a huge discussion about that. But I think that could be a whole episode. Yeah, but it's, like, it's, into it's, kind of, it's kind of insane to think like, wow, a toy line that was like, like a toy line like that was meant to like sell the vehicles and whatnot. It, instead, like it said, the, the, the big legacy of the, of the series ended up being its characters and how strong they are. After all these years, is kind of is a very, very, very telling thing about about like how well how well is the series how well the series is. And like it's like Aaron said, like we have uh, we have a classified series of six inch GI Joe's. I'm not a big fan of it because like I, like I think at this point it's like I think once we start once we start going to like the thirty forty dollar range for like figures, it's like now I have to be very selective about who I want. But I do like it's like okay, good. Like you're you're taking out characters that I that I like, and I would and I'll, I'll pick that I'll pick I'll pick those up when when it comes time to pick it up. Like I think you just announced them stalker, and I'm like yeah, stalker, you're coming with me. You're you're definitely like one like one thousand percent. I am picking you up, and I picked up Flint not too long like like last year, and like I was not disappointed at all. I really like the figure. So so GI Joe still has still has a pulse with 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 uh, still has a pulse within the, the community and within the toy community and like the and like like, like the like, uh, all these communities in general. So I'm really um proud that like we touch upon a lot of this stuff and that we can continue the discussion at a later date. So um. So to close things off here, Jared, um, is there anything you want to promote? Anything you want to talk about before we before we head out? Um, okay, yeah. If it's just gonna be personal yeah. kind of promotion stuff, uh, yeah, I have two YouTube channels. I have Dapper Bard Games, where um, I primarily am doing uh, those on mythology, but I also have videos on some uh, tabletopping stuff, and I have occasional reviews of movies and comic books and stuff like that. I might get back into doing that. I'm considering adding some robot or fantasy themed anime reviews i haven't decided on that yet in addition to that i have eat the magic which is me doing theme park food and other kind of events and uh media tie-in foods and i review those so you can check that out eat the magic and 
probably two big things. I guess you could also stop by the Dapper Bard Tavern, Dapper Bard's Tavern, over on uh, Twitch. My brother and I are going through Final Fantasy X right now. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we are at the home of the Albed, so if anyone's played Ten, you kind of have an idea of where we're at. And uh, after that, we'll probably be going into either a Robot Wars game or a Tales of game. I haven't quite decided. I also had a request for Final Fantasy IV. I don't mind to go through again for like the fourth or fifth time or sixth time or however All many right. times it's been. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's Aaron, about it. Is there anything you want to promote? Anything you want to? Anything you want to promote? Anything you want to like talk about before we head out? Oh, no, not really. Just say uh, thank you very much for having me. Full force. Rob, is there anything? Is there anything you want to promote? Anything you want to like discuss? Anything that you want to show? Uh, no, not really. Particularly, I'll just say I'll default it to the usual things. If anyone wants to find me on Twitter, you can find me through the usual place through the Saturday AM Squad's uh, Twitter handle. If you're not sure where to find me, but you can find me through through Zero One on Twitter. So I'll leave it at that. All right. As for me, I have like obviously this is not my other. Po- no, I obviously have two podcasts. This one and I have the same thing. Cosmocast. We just recorded an episode because we just found out some new, some groundbreaking new information that's gonna that that really surprised the hell out of, out of the out of the community. So there's a next special episode coming up. There's a special episode that should be up right now. You can find that at http colon backslash backslash st cosmocast com. There's no www. It's just stcosmocast.com. Again, the address is just stcosmocast. You can find you can find all of our episodes there and subscribe to the podcast and listen to the podcast from the website. You can find the we can you can find me personally on Twitter by looking for L underscore Ramses. I talk about a lot of things. I've been thinking as of late. I think I'm losing my mind and playing a lot of, and reposting a lot of stuff on Monster Hunter. So it just seems to be a little on 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 the course of everything. If you want to find out more about the podcast and you want to like contribute to the podcast and whatnot, follow everything. Um, we have a Twitter which is at Sat AM Pod, um, Sat AM Squad on Twitter. You can you can check you can check us out and talk to us, follow us when we when we do new episodes and whatnot. So yeah, that is about it. Alrighty then. So for me, I am Ramses. That's Rob. That's Aaron, and that's Jared. And I'm here to tell you all I still don't have anything to play at the end of this episode, so bye! Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, Joe. has the greatest culture? Bullshit. Stop thinking you know anything about culture. You don't even know the meaning.